blowing smoke In the room I trapped myself in so long ago Will the blinds remain forever closed? Will it change? I hope so Cause I have spent the past four years Trying to find some peace of mind And I think I might have found it this time Let's hope I have no audio Three, two, one. You might have to move all that oh, on this side, the oh. interference. I was just like, what's that noise? Oh. Hey, everybody. Here we are, live, episode 92. We're creeping up to 100. Um, we went back and looked. January 25th of 2000, was it 19? Or 18? Yeah, yeah. You, you said episode, it was early, yeah. Yeah, Episode number nine wow. you were on. Uh, you can go back and check it, but I'm going to promise you, it's not going to look great. <laughs> and it's probably not going to sound great. You can go and compare and see how much we have grown in, in a short amount of time, I guess. Um, as I've been listening to your podcast and listening to your work, um, it's it's. I have to give you big props. Thank you, it's, man. It's been a really great thing to see you uh, become very polished at this. Yeah, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to get better at interviewing. And, well, not interviewing, conversationalist. If I, if you I could, work at conversationalist. Yeah. Um, but it, it's good. I, we, we've grown from just one show to six. A lot has changed. The table, the look yeah. has changed. Yeah. We have, we're in a fancy studio. We're not in a kitchen anymore. We're still, we're still in the kitchen. <laughs> we just hung curtains up. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's been a journey, man. And I, I'm glad to, that we can come back and hang out and talk. Maybe again. we should do a thing where it's like, okay, so from nine to 90. Yeah. So maybe again, we talk when you hit about like 190 or so. Which... We can do it way sooner than that. I like, I like having conversations with you. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> we'll, make, we'll make that happen sir. But yeah. you know, at the rate that you're going, 190 should probably roll around pretty quick. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. Um, we got to do one from inside the, the studios one day. Yeah. I like that. I like, awesome. I like different backdrops. Yeah. Um, so before we get in on the, we'll get the fun stuff out of the way, um, check the links below. You can find our links for our merch page. Um, you can find links to Michael's stuff for Retro Lovely uh, Ball, uh, the Retro Lovely Magazine. Magazine, which leads just, to the ball. We'll talk to the ball. so enthralled with the ball. Oh, I had such a good time yeah. at that ball. Um, yeah, so you you can check out the magazine, where to find the magazine, if you want to be booked in the magazine, where you can get merchandise, which uh, we talked. I think we, I think I, I we, Teespring we a, needs to hire me. We need, we had a huddle, yeah. Yeah. Because you got some great stuff. Yeah, I think Teespring needs to like throw me a bone because I've, I've sent so many people to them. Do they have any sort of uh, like a program where you, if you refer people, you I don't get know, maybe feedback? Probably. You should pro- look into that. I should. I was like, I, I, I've literally sent probably 30 people to Teespring. That's got to be worth something. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So check out our, we have t-shirts. You can get hoodies, banister, uh, banners, banners, banisters. banisters. Yeah. You can, you can get banisters. Custom banisters. Yeah. yeah with, they got like uh, a wood lathe. <laughs> um, you can check all that out on the, the links below and uh, sh- show support. You can follow us over on anywhere. We, this, I mean, if you're watching live, that's awesome. But we do have audio only. So if you want to listen to us in your car. And one of our many shows that are on there, we cover a lot of different topics, but this is obviously the interviews to everyday people. Um, so you see, you see in the title, if, if people who are watching who don't know who you are, tell it to everybody your name and, and, uh, and what you do. I am Michael Bat. <laughs> I am the publisher of Retro Lovely Magazine, and uh, I've been doing that for about 10 years now. Um, you know what, too? Right there. I want you to keep me on my honor as far as like saying, um, uh. Uh, one thing I was oh, thinking yeah. about, and like, ums, yeah. have, you, have you have you gotten consciously better at that? Because like, I don't even think about. I have it. listened I just to the thing I did with Josephine. I was mortified afterwards. Like, you don't when you're in the moment, you don't even realize how much you use those crutches. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I was like, if this was a drinking game, I would be drunk in like two <laughs> minutes. At I don't. I all mean, that nonsense. I don't. I don't know. I don't really stress myself of what I say sometimes. Well, I know. I just kind of go. 
You just talk like you're talking to a friend. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's probably good. I'm gonna I'm still gonna be conscious and try not to say um so yeah. much. Or you know, okay, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I think I do a pretty good job of pulling the person out of the idea that they're like there's there's a there's definitely a flip that switches. Like when you're when I'm doing this, like I can see when someone sits down and they're nervous or uncomfortable, this is their first time and they don't know how to do it. And then like probably 20 30 minutes in you see that barrier just drop oh yeah and they're just like then they just forget this is all here and then we have a great conversation i see that with photo shoots too yeah where the person is nervous initially and then once they get into that groove it just changes yep so absolutely so yeah but, I, but to continue um i publish retro lovely um and interestingly enough um we can talk about like qualifiers um i just got really loud yeah i'm just giving it a little bit of bump see what yeah. you did. um the thing of it is Recently, I realized that I've now got over 500 publications out. Yeah. So in the scheme of things for what we do, which is like pinup, uh, you know, oriented photography, you, you obviously are aware of this. Um, there's there's nobody that's like gone anywhere close to that. Mm-hmm. You know, the last year has been an explosion of um, adding some titles and uh, releasing more product to the point where I can say confidently we're number one in print. Yeah. Now, that's not to say we sell the most. I want to make that distinction. We're number one as far as releases. Yeah. We're number one as far as having um, probably more submissions and getting more product out just by the volume that's coming, you know, across the wire. Um, I actually wish there was a way to know what sales were. You yeah. Know? But the thing of it is, with the industry anymore, there's no real um, accounting. There's no there's no resource that uh, uh, audits these kinds of things. Uh, if you were on like newsstands in order to justify your ad rates. There are auditing, you know, things available for that, but for the sort of thing publication that we have now, where it's very low volume and it's it's a hybrid between social and then an actual physical print product. In that realm, there's a lot of publications that exist. In that realm and pinup, um, there's nobody doing as much as we are right now. Yeah, and it's I have uh, I, I have some gifts. I was I got some stickers. I ones on the table. Already. I can't open this right, um, but this is this is kind of an idea what to expect. Um, it's it's gonna be hard to see on the camera, but this is the calendar he just made. Uh, the retro lovely. Actually, uh, flip the back too. You got you got the other title that we just started. Uh, well, yeah. started back up. Venus cult. Venus cult. Uh, there's no autofocus on here because if I turn it on with the live, it puts a box on oh, me. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 t- the best way I could describe it. It's it's rock star pinup art mm-hmm. uh, because there's no like there's tattoos, there's piercings, there's there's a little bit of everything for everybody, and it's not. And it's all different shapes, color, sizes, and orientations exactly. of people. Exactly. There's no, like, not every, like, there's models in here that, you know, are as skinny as Araya, which is fine. And there's models in here who are more curvy girls, and that's great too. Right. There's no, like, Absolutely. it's a great, I, I, I like the, 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 th- the theme of the, uh, of the magazine. And, experiencing we'll get into a little bit later like the the lovely the retro lovely ball and and hanging out with the people and the stuff like that your theme of your cat your magazine carries through your personality and it also carries over to the people who you work with in the magazine too it's a very welcoming loving accepting everyone's accepted like group of people it's like a family for the most part, yes. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's awesome. And like we we were able to go last year as the podcast, we kind of did a little bit of a banging beers and interviews at everyday people there because they had beer there as well, which is amazing. Uh, which actually led to us going to the brewery. Right. It was it, right. made, it made a cool connection. But it's just a, it's a, it's a cool thing, and a lot of people don't realize that you're, you're out of Pottsville. Mm-hmm. Like this yeah. magazine is made in Schuylkill County. Right. It's made in Pottsville. You have brought people from all over the globe to Pottsville, Pennsylvania to do photo shoots in your building. Yeah. And which is awesome. Mm-hmm. 
And it's something I don't think a lot of people realize that it's even happening in their community. It's it, they don't. I mean, it's COVID has changed things, of course. But yeah. I actually I, I remember it was a few months. Well, I guess it's a few years ago now, but I had a conversation with. Uh, have you ever been to Jerry's Auto Museum in Pottsville? Yeah. OK, I've never been in it, but I know where it is or his museum because yeah. he's a lot of like dioramas and stuff. It's, it's not just cars. Yeah. But uh, when I was talking to him about doing something in there, he made the comment about being the second biggest tourist attraction after Yingling. And he's probably right. And I said to him, after a little pause, I said, you realize I'm probably the third biggest tourist attraction. I said, most of the people that come to the studio are from out of the area, at least by two hours, if not better. Yeah. You know, the vast majority of them. And it's really interesting when you say it that way, because some of them come and they stay at the Ramada. You know yeah. what I mean? There's, there's, uh, it, it's a very bizarre thing. Yeah. It's a very, very strange thing to even kind of like think about. And there's so many people who have come through who have done stuff in our area that they would have never found this area if it wasn't for the magazine. Right. Like Scarlet, the, 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 I oh, yeah. Scarlet the Clown, yeah. I, she came and did one of her freak shows in right. Pottsville. At the Anvets. At the, yeah, the yeah. Anvets, because yeah. she found the area through the magazine. She's like, this mm-hmm. would be awesome. Or we should scroll, we should come through and. Well, that was Cousin Dave. Yeah. Well, Dave's had it up yeah. too, but she would have never found Cousin Dave. She would right. have never found Pottsville. She would, if right. she wasn't here for the magazine. And I don't know if you ever heard that story, but after uh, she and I had worked together, we had done a shoot and we were. You know, as as happens very often, mm-hmm. you get something to eat. Right? Yeah, you don't eat before because you don't want to be like bloated when you're like as a model when yeah. you're doing the thing. And if you're active doing something too, you don't want a heavy heavy load in your in your stomach when you're working. We get done, we're hungry. I so said, let's get something to eat. I think we went to Wheel of the Savas's, and uh, we're on the corner waiting for the light to change. And Dave. This, this Jeep <laughs> stops at the, at, the, at the traffic light. It's red. And it's cousin Dave, and it's like, hey, Dave, right? And he's like talking, and the light turns green, and he goes up by Roma's and uh, we still don't get the walk light yet. So we're still at the corner. And then here comes another Jeep that looks just, wait a minute, it's Dave. It's Dave again. And I just said to him, I think Scarlett helped. She helped, but I think he was needling. I think he was working the angle to get an invite to to join us. Yes. And I finally said, Hey, we're getting something to eat. You want to join us? And it was like, yes. Yeah. Then we started to talk. Yeah. And it was what do you do? And he's like, well, you know, I'm, I want to do some things too. And that's that was the introduction. He that's does do he does do promotions that he does. Dave, oh, sure, uh, yeah, Dave, yeah, Dave's promotions are really good. He does put together good shows. She got good shows. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that's how it works. Yeah, networking is you never know what connection is going to be made when. Absolutely. You know, how many yeah. times in your life have you ever had something where you think, wow, I would not have this opportunity if it wasn't for that dumb thing that happened all the time. And because I talked to somebody yeah, all the time and you know what, that's, it's a worthwhile thing. It's like, if you're not really super um, outgoing or personable with people that you don't know, um, it's a bit of a shame because a lot of times the stupidest conversation or the most subtle thing, anecdotal thing that you could say to somebody could lead to something that at one day means a lot to you. Yeah. You know, something trivial to something it, grand. It happens all the time with like now, like, cause we're coming up on two years for this and I'll go out and see people wearing like a t-shirt or my cartoon face or, yeah. or someone comes and goes, Oh, you're the guy from the podcast. You know? And it, it's, it's, and then we make a kind of connection and sometimes those connections lead to like right. really good friendships or really yes. good kids. Like, Hey, I do this thing. And if you should like, like, it, like, I don't know. It's awesome. Like I did the, the interview at the showing you um, at the majestic theater, mm-hmm. which then led to, me meeting Tori who now works on two of my shows and helps with a bunch of logos and she's an amazing support cast or support person on this show she's probably she's actually in the chat I was just uh, gonna say there's people over there yeah uh, let's see 
She says, I love doing pinup. You should, she, she just did a, a photo shoot with one of her friends. Oh, yeah. um, so there is a lot of people who, you know, were, when we talked about doing this episode again, they're all like, I would love to get into photography. Everyone's in photography. And I said, man, there's, there, like, you don't even realize there's a magazine publication in our area. And so one of the things you do, that obviously not now because of COVID, but it, it, hopefully it does come back, is you do workshops. Yes. Um, I can attest from from for Nikolai. I speak for Nikolai. Uh, Nikolai, who did interviews, and he was on our episode with us. He was in a lot of earlier stuff, and, and now he's back on Not Cool in High School. Um, he did two or three year workshops. Um, he's done two so far. Yeah. 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 And one of his photos from the workshop then made your right. magazine. Yeah, absolutely. And he was just uh, like, I mean, he knows photography, but he's never done it like as a profession or a business really. Um, and he came in, did a workshop. You taught him a lot of really cool things. He absolutely, he, he loved it. And he had know, such a blast. The thing I could say to anybody, if I'm not even just talking like a, a photography workshop, I'm talking any kind of workshop has mm -hmm. value. And what's fascinating about this is, um, you would think you've seen it, you've done it. Like I've been in photography since 1980 something. Yeah. Okay. Um, you never stop learning. And what's fascinating to me, and then I, I, I've said this when we do these workshops, um, literally by the end of it, there's probably something I'm going to learn as well. Yeah. And it's just by working with some other people, hearing them talk about things or possibly proposing, uh, uh something they're having difficulty with and then thinking about it and, and trying to find a solution for it sometimes that gives you a new tool yeah and it's amazing because it is possible to get so inside your own box that you stagnate yeah and cross-pollinating with other people even if it's in a mentoring capacity even if it's you sharing with them things that you know and things that you've encountered um, very often you get something back as well that you didn't count on yeah so uh, highly encourage any kind of, like if you have an inclination to do something you know watching YouTube videos is great reading is fine um, if you can get hands on with somebody who's been there, um, well worth it. Yeah. So, you know, if this if that's something, if you know, if you're listening or some you're listening and you are a photographer in the area, reach out. Like when this whole COVID thing goes over, jump in one of those workshops, connect with each other. Because uh, the cool thing about Retro Lovely too is uh, the, a lot of people don't realize is a lot of your photos in your magazine aren't all done by you as well. Oh. You have other photographers who take photos, then send them to you, and they make the magazine that way as well. That's the vast majority of it yeah i mean as far as it goes if you want to talk like in shirt output and volume in the past two years i may have like a, per a percentage of a percent like a fraction of a percentage of my own work in them yeah you know it is international i mean i get um well like right now we're working on a, a couple special editions one's uh it's dedicated to australia it's australian talent Mm -hmm. So it's photographers models they've been submitting for the last few months and it's really picked up to the point where as I look at the, uh, the I keep a database with all the you know the stuff that comes in as I look at it it's going to be a huge issue like it's going to be multi volumes it's not going to be like yeah. one magazine it's going to be like several mm -hmm. and even right now I'm doing one with hot rods that's I'm on like the fourth one there's there's even more to come it's probably going to be like five or six volumes so if someone goes out and does a photo shoot they can how would they go about taking that photo doing what they have to do and then submitting it to Retro Lovely. It's real simple um and it's the thing that most people don't do these days because they're impatient and they don't want to like research anything mm -hmm. um as a publisher i can't encourage anybody enough to do a little bit of homework if you ask that question what would i do what would you think is one of the first i would say go to your social media or website exactly. and, and send a message or there should be a tab to click there's on a to tab that says submissions <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> and a lot of people don't do that anymore no. it blows my mind because yeah. i spent a lot of time and effort 
to give people the tools they need to make it easy. Yeah. But they choose not to. Mm -hmm. um, and I love it when somebody follows their follows the directions. And I'll be honest, um, it has gotten to the point where I have that much volume and that many people who don't want to like research anything that I've literally removed the email address from the website. I pulled it off every place. Mm -hmm. You have to like know it to, to have it right now. Yeah. If you want to contact me, you're gonna have to like fill out a, a contact form on the website. Yeah. Because what happens and it's frustrating and you have to think about it this way. If there's something that you want to do, you got to make it as easy as possible for the person you want something from. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a great case example of, of this from a couple of years ago. Most people in any sort of like uh, media or production, um, they're overtaxed. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's not an exaggeration to say that more of my day is spent looking at a database and looking at submissions, um, the data from it, and correlating things than I do even looking at photos or putting them into a layout or creating a cover. Mm -hmm. More of my time is spent on, on clerical administrative kind of stuff. So to get the most efficiency out of it, because I mean, I'm a one-man shop at this point. All right, okay. amen, it's brother. Just, it's just me. <laughs> um, if I get an email from somebody and they want to ask 15 different questions and they've got this and they got that, and it ends up being like five emails back and forth that dramatically impacts what I'm able to do. Yeah. It impacts my bottom line. It impacts how much I can get done. Mm -hmm. um, and I've structured everything and I've tried to get it to the point where it's almost like self-service where everything you need is on that website. And when you go, there's actual guidance on that submission form. There's things that it tells you. Um, I do sort of want to get, um, maybe even into some more things to give some people some guidance because uh, quite honestly, I st I'll still get those queries and things where people kind of want me to teach them how to be a photographer and kind of want to teach me how to like, you know what I mean? Do all these things that really is, is, is part of their discovery process, something mm -hmm. that they should learn. Uh, but the reality of it is do your homework, check it out. There's a lot of great information on there and follow the guidance. And it's going to be different for every every publication. Mm -hmm. Different publications will have different ways of about going about something. Some of them will say, yes, email us. Send us your files. Others, like me, I have a submission form. And here's the thing that's critical. Um, to give you a good example, in the early days of Retrolovely, when I first started it, um, they were printed by the thousands. Yeah. Okay. This is back in the day, like t 10 years ago, before smartphones, before social media. People still bought magazines. Okay. When I was printing thousands of magazines, we were actually selling them to people. And back then, and this is something that probably sounds surreal to people, but back then, my goal was to create a vehicle that would allow everybody that took part a resource to leverage for however they needed to, you know, take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. And in those days, we literally, when we put on an issue, like say you're a photographer like Nikolai, you, you do a shoot, you get content in the publication, and we produce it, and we get it out. Part of the thing was back then, I'd send the content creators free copies, postage paid, like yeah. as, as a thank you for using their work in the thing yeah. that we were selling. And I wanted to build a resource that we could get it to a point where it had reach and opportunities. And back then, I sold enough of them that I was able to actually like grow it a bit and still give back to those creators. I mean, it wasn't like. 20 years prior to that where a magazine would come to you as a as, as an artist and say we really want to publish your story or your poem or your photograph here's 300 dollars 
Okay. Once upon a time, that's how it was. Mm-hmm. And it, now it's like, hey, we want to publish your story. Cool. You have to pay us three hundred dollars. <laughs> well, you know what's what's really fascinating <laughs> to me right now is there are entire uh, ecosystems devoted to submission systems. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a website called Caviar. K-A-V-Y-A-R. Yeah. And it is literally dozens, possibly hundreds of publishers that list open calls for, for their for their publications. And the website charges a fee to those publishers to make it, put it out there. Um, some of those publishers are allowed to monetize the submission process. They literally, it costs you to submit the material. Yeah. You know, and it's a company. I can understand why. Because for me... Um, like I said about sort of like getting rid of the email address, I've got to maximize my time. There's more people that want to be published than I have time to like talk to. Yeah, absolutely. Personally. Everybody wants, if you're a photographer, I, I would feel like one of your goals have to, has to be to, of course you want your be, work to be seen. Yeah. You want it to sure. be seen. You want to be in a magazine. Uh, so I mean, abso- and you know, the thing of it is you can publish yourself right now today on Facebook or Instagram. Instagram. Okay. Absolutely. But there's a couple things with it. It's a matter of how much reach do you have on your own? Mm-hmm. Hitching your hitching your wagon to another you know horse to get it seen by more people that's that's attractive. Yeah. And there's also a validation process. Yeah. Okay. It's not just you putting a photograph online saying how awesome is that. Okay. When you have somebody else hold it up and say this has value, that's an endorsement. That's that's buy-in. That's an outside source. It's not your mom and dad saying hey that's great mm-hmm. or your girlfriend saying that's a great photograph. It's a stranger saying. I like this. Yeah. It's somebody outside. There's, a, there's an app I was I was messing with. Um, I don't know why that's still going. Um, there was an app I was messing with. It was a photography app, and you can put your photos on this app, and then people, like, score it. Mm. And, like, it tell, like and it would be like, oh, your photo is in, like, the top 1,000 of the world. How about that? Yeah, it was a really fun little photography game on your phone that you can do. You should check it out. It's a lot of fun. And I'm then, curious and then, to see how that worked. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'd have to, I have to look it up. Um, and I'll, th- I'll check in a minute. When you, when you, if you start going on a story, I'll kind of quick type it in so I can talk about it. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's like I said, it's, it's really, really cool what, what you've what you've done and what you're doing. I know how you were saying before with the, the workshop. Nikolai went and got a print of his thing. He oh, went yeah. and bought the magazine of it. Um, it. It was it was an awesome experience for me. Absolutely loved it. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got another one. We actually had one scheduled for uh, it was prior to COVID kicking in, mm-hmm. and it was actually a cover workshop. I think he was in on that one, but it, and then it got canceled or something. I don't know if he actually signed up. I don't know what happened. I had two guys that were we're going to reschedule it. We're going to do something a little bit differently because um, they've actually been I've been in contact with them on a regular basis. They've become partner studios with the magazine. Um, they've both done some really great work. Mm-hmm. Um, one has already had a cover, and I think the other is going to get one pretty soon. From, yeah. From, some things that are going on. But the thing that's interesting for me is I was actually, I would actually really like to sort of almost like make it available as like a, like a, like a video tutorial or something, because probably the biggest problem that I have is when I get submissions and I see, I see great work. There's several times a week I'll see an image and I'll look at it and there's something about it that catches me. And I think, could I use that as a cover for, for something? And then a lot of times the next thing that happens is my eye starts to size it up and look at the composition. And I'm not just talking like what they had in the scene, what's in the background, what's the mm-hmm. setting, how's the model posed, all these different things. I mean, that's important too. But a lot of times what I've been noticing is in the last you know, number of years doing this, lots of people who shoot photography, they get their camera and they compose for what they see in the frame. And uh, most 35 millimeter cameras 
they're using the equivalent of what used to be a 35 millimeter piece of film. The shape of that thing is in a ratio of two to three. It's like when you know you get like a four by six print. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same size as what you took with your camera. But now you got to try. Now somebody says, "I want a five by seven of that," or a four, uh, you know, a four by five. Sometimes cropping it, it doesn't look so good anymore. Mm-hmm. It looks weird. You know, the shape is not quite right, or some aspect of it got cut off. And that's the thing that I see most with the publication being an eight and a half by eleven format. Camera sensors are, are are taller, let's say they're wider, depending on the orientation, and people don't account for that, and they they compose themselves into a corner where it looks great in the camera, looks great on the computer, looks great on your phone because it's the same aspect ratio. Yeah, but it doesn't translate to the book. But as soon as I got to try and put it in the magazine, all of a sudden important stuff might be getting cut off. Yeah. Or more importantly, you know, if you look at the image on your phone or in your camera, you see all that image, mm-hmm. right? Well, in something like this, when they produce something like that, they don't just print right to the edge of their paper. Mm-hmm. They start with a bigger piece of paper, print it beyond it, and then cut it down to size. Yeah. So now if I have to cut away some of what you composed, it makes it even tighter still. Mm-hmm. And I see so many people, they, they really don't think about the, the final product that they might need to use it with. They don't think about the fact that this is a shorter frame than the camera is. And okay, I would slide that in a little bit to you. Okay. And okay. <laughs> there's there's a thing where it's it's um, I think a workshop for that. There's a lot of pitfalls that people have that they just don't think about because they're not thinking outside of yeah. what's, what's in front of them immediately. Because they're probably if they're doing photography, they probably help do like maternity photos or like pre engagement photos or they're they're doing like I don't want to say the typical, but like starter photography stuff like shooting your friends even irrespective of what type of photography it is yeah they're just not thinking about the fact that what it's what it takes to be don't need to be reformatted yeah you know and and there's 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 implications that like sometimes i see fantastic images that are um you know landscape orientation so wide Mm -hmm. right and i look at them and i go oh i love that and i would love to use it in the magazine as like a two-page spread but the model is dead center right which means her face is going to be in the crease yeah um, I got some photographers that I know, and it's like when I see their work, and I and I look at the photos, uh, I look at it and I say, it's almost as if they envisioned it as a two-page spread because it fills two panels, and the model's off to the side just enough that I see her all, and she's not cut up, and and, and it works. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like they like are are thinking about it. I mean, quite honestly, like for me, for like the last ten years, I think about it too. Yeah. When I look at it, I think. If I had to use it this way, what would I do with it? How would I compose it differently to make it more flexible down the road? You know, some people just don't want to crop anything after the fact. They want to get it perfect in the camera. Yeah. That's fine. That's admirable. But in doing so, you also tie your hands as far as, I don't know, maybe someday somebody saw it on a stock website and said, I want to use that as packaging for something or as an album cover or this or that. And the formatting could fight you. It might yeah. be a situation where it just won't lend itself well to some other kind of like, you know, situation that way yeah missy uh welcome to the chat welcome to the thing uh it's it's retro lovely uh magazine if you check the links you could you'll be linked straight to uh the facebook page and as well as the website you can check it out instagram twitter the whole nine um only- website's the best i'll be honest i kind of like don't even think about facebook no i it's it's such a dead space anymore the I mean, twitter and Insta- you're pretty you're pretty, you're pretty instagram, big instagram is like a big yeah, yeah. well the thing the thing for instagram too is like only fans i can post it there <laughs> and it trickles down to facebook yeah. but i honestly forget about facebook yeah because yeah, they they kind of like took the fangs out of it a couple of years ago they yeah. made it almost like worthless absolutely yeah it's right now it's the best thing for me 
Um, it's it's helping the most, but it's still well. There's a, lots of huge advantages for this. For yeah, like the video and linking and everything. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely. If, if they were to shut down the video, I'd, I would it would be tough because I have to rebuild. And then I mean, I still put on YouTube, but YouTube is not as is going as the Facebook aspect is. That's interesting because I think a lot of our people, especially in this area and a lot of social media, I think Facebook is the easiest platform for people to. It's like for sharing. And yeah, for, for sharing for interconnectivity. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, so like and Facebook probably loves that because yeah. there was a couple of years ago. They were desperate to get people to start doing video on here because they were losing hours of time mm -hmm. to people looking at shit on on, on, on YouTube. YouTube. Yep. And if they're on YouTube, they're not looking at ads on here. Yep. So they love a guy like you. Yeah. Yeah. They should give you some money for what you just help, said. Help me out, Facebook. Help Facebook, me out. Uh, this guy's uh, helping you guys out. If you are watching, uh, hit the share button on Facebook <laughs> and uh, put us out there. And you'll get a little thing on the bottom. Your name will pop up. You'll feel really good about it. It'll give you, your endorphins will kick in and you'll feel like a, a good person afterwards. It'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah. It'll be great. Um, yeah. So. One of the things that I like about the magazine, we talked about before, you know, all shapes and sizes, all color, everything. There's, it's, it's something for everybody. Um, the tattoos, I find myself when, when I look at an image on your magazine, how you were saying before, it's not just about the model. Like you're looking at the room, mm -hmm. you're looking at what's in on the set, you're looking at her tattoos are so clear you could see every detail of it. Like there's mm -hmm. so much to it. It's, it's like World War Two pinup style meets some rock and is, roll yeah, absolutely. yeah it's yeah. It, like yeah it's really fun there's been some really great hybrids that have kind of developed over the past couple of years yeah that didn't exist before i mean it's definitely a hybrid i mean what we do is not like vintage reenacting yeah it's it pays homage to retro styles and vintage things yep but it's not just that it's 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 you know it's an amalgamation of things yeah and i actually somebody recently when when uh, everything happened with uh you know, earlier this year with a lot of your um, social dilemmas with people and, and racial aspects and things. And I really loved that I saw this, but there was a graphic and it, I think it showed some women of different colors, you know, just like silhouettes. And it said vintage styles, not vintage values. Mm. And I love that because what's really interesting is like you just talked about tattoos. And I remember in the early days of Retro Lovely when Facebook was actually viable and like you'd post something on there and tens of thousands of people would see it in minutes. Okay. Back then, they they flooded it out there. People would see this stuff, and I would see comments from people. And I occasionally, if I posted something with you know a model with tattoos, I would see a comment by what I would imagine to be some old white guy somewhere, yeah, bitching and complaining about her tattoos. She ruined how, her body. How she ruined her body. And in the old days, women didn't have tattoos. And the one day, there was one gentleman. I don't even want to call. I don't even feel good calling him gentleman. But there was one man who, who who riled me. Like, I try not to engage people that way. I try not to, like, you know, give them that satisfaction to know that they pissed me off. Yeah. But he had said something, and I, I literally was like, yeah. And in the old days, they couldn't vote or own property, and, you know, their husbands could make them go to the, an insane asylum if they were inconvenient. Yeah, yeah, the good old days. Yeah, the good yeah. old days. It's like, it's like, come on. Scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Fist bump on that. Yeah. Uh, it is, and it's, it, it's a thing, too, like, um, experiencing the ball and experiencing people who you you've worked with and stuff like that, it's it's it, it's it's like very empowering to the women too. Like oh, yeah. like I've seen people who like you've told me stories too, and I've seen them outside. Like I've seen women who are much older, where you would think you're too old to model, or you're too curvy, or you're too this. And then they come in and do a photo shoot with you, and they leave like they are a queen. Yeah, like absolutely. they feel like they yes. are a goddess. Mm -hmm. Their confidence is through the roof. They feel beautiful. They feel like what they did was amazing. And it was amazing, because mm -hmm. everyone has their own qualities. And I think you do a great job capturing that in, in, in your photography. And, and that transcends into the publication, too, because 
it is it is really diverse. There's some days where like you'll pick up a, an issue or if you see an issue, um, this, the diversity of different types and styles, mm-hmm. they all coexist. I mean, sometimes we do special editions where it's just one sort of theme. Like, like we do a heavy ink edition, which is all yep. tattoos. Um, right now, I'm excited. Uh, Halloween? Well, Halloween's huge. Like, every year Halloween is like, it's the biggest time for the publication and the biggest issues. And last yeah. year we had 10 volumes. I mean, it was like six, 700 pages of Halloween content. That's awesome. And I actually believe that this year is going to be like even more, in spite of COVID, because the, the volume of submissions that I've been getting is off the hook. Like, I actually... I actually have a, a goal that I'm going to start releasing them ahead of Halloween just so that it's not like, oh, here's the Halloween edition and it's 15 volumes of, of 80 pages. Mm-hmm. Okay. I kind of want to basically do like, I want to almost make Halloween like a month long event. We're literally doing a Halloween calendar. Yeah. We're, we're going to start the new year on November 1st and uh, New Year's Eve is going to be October 31st. Okay. So it's going to be an actual Halloween calendar. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, I want to do like, 12 days of Christmas. I want to do the 12 days of Halloween where like prior to the 31st, I'm starting to release those issues. Yeah. So it's not all. Halloween doesn't get enough love. It's like one day and then we're done. Yeah. And so, so we want it to be the whole month. Yeah. I take the whole month. So tomorrow it starts. Yeah. You know, if if I have my way in a couple of days, I'll start releasing some of the Halloween stuff. Perfect. But one of the other additions that, uh, it's kind of bittersweet too, because it was when everything happened with George, George Floyd. Yeah. All right. Uh, months before that, I was talking to a gentleman that I got to know. Uh, he put out some books called Chocolate Cheesecake. And they were books that were dedicated to women of color in pinup. Mm-hmm. Something that uh, had been neglected in the past. And he put out these books, and I actually had work in one of them. And I got to know him, and he's a really cool dude. And it's like it's funny because we talk about um, uh, you know circumstances and connections. There was a point one day where he sent me a message, and we're talking about something. And he just casually said, he says, were you by any chance the same Michael Ben that was in the, the band Advent Sleep? I was like, I hadn't heard that in a while. I'm like, actually, yeah. I'm like, well, how would you know that? Because he's like a doctor of, I forget what his title is, but he's a, he's a professor at a college in like Kansas. Yeah. He's a black man. Yeah. And what's interesting about it is it's, it's you know, my band was like gothic industrial. And he said, you pigeonhole people thinking you're only, yeah, yeah. right. And he goes, I used to listen to you guys in college. And I was like, really? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, cause you, you, you never think that. Yeah. And what you said, you don't, you shouldn't pigeonhole people. Mm-hmm. He's a fan of that genre. And like, it was such a weird thing. Yeah. But we well, talked, well, pinup art and pinup magazines weren't made for girls of color or girls of different. It was, it was, it was white girls. Yeah. That's all it was because it was like. World war times, like yeah. you, you know, and, and all the segregation. Se- segregation yeah. was a huge thing. So yeah. now, when you see a, a beautiful woman of color or a different orientation, I mean, it, everyone's accepted. But it just to it's to know the history of what you're doing, and then saying you see a person of color doing it, it's like that's a huge, that's a big thing. And you know, it, it's it's like, really interesting. The history of too. photography doesn't doesn't isn't kind to stuff like that. Absolutely, and it, I, there's a, there's several things about this that. Um, or worth talking about. Hmm? Um, I've, I've had conversations like this before with um, uh, different people that I collaborate with, be it photographers, sometimes models. Um, with the publication, anytime I've ever done anything with it, it was never done in a way to be um, sensationalized or, or uh, taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even from the early days, my policy had always been everybody's welcome. It's good imagery you know 
let me see it. There wasn't like, I'm not going to do tattooed girls. I'm going to like no tattoos. I'm not going to exclude or, or anything like that. Um, and we had, had, have had women of color since like the second issue, but even when they've been in the issues or if they're Asian or if they're Latino, um, never has it been a situation where I release the issue and go, Oh look, and we have an Asian. Yeah, it's or the Asian edition. We have a, a, a black girl, right? Yeah. It was never like just it just fits right in with the rest of the pages. It it isn't an issue. It mm-hmm. shouldn't be an issue, and it yeah. was never an issue for me. So, we've always done that, and I probably have a couple dozen like cover models that have been black. Yeah. So, even still, even still, you occasionally will see a woman of color will make a comment like, "There's not enough representation," and it's like I really want to say to them, "Well." I represent you as much as you guys send me stuff to represent. Yeah, absolutely. Send me more stuff, please. Please give it to me. Mm-hmm. I love it. But you don't want to go there. And I think it was like probably like January, February. No, actually, it was late last year. I was talking to Dr. Cox and I said, uh, how would you feel about like, you know, doing like a chocolate cheesecake issue of the magazine? Or like Black History Month. Yeah. And I said to him, I don't want to do it myself. I don't want to like just go and do like a black edition. Mm-hmm. Right. I said, uh, because there's there's possibly implications or motives. Like, what, what what's their motive? Yeah. And I, I've never made That's a big deal too. about it, yeah. and I, I don't want to. But it's something that he established already. It's it's a vehicle that he had in place with this with this book publisher, actually, out of Pennsylvania. Um, and I said, you know, do you have plans to do, like, another book? And he wasn't so sure if, like, that was in the cards. And I said, well, if you would ever want to, like, um, you know. Collaborate. C- collaborate. I'd be thrilled to do, like, a chocolate cheesecake edition with you. And you could co-curate it and you can, you know, uh, help select the material, choose the covers and, and, you know, write a forward, all these different things. I'm like, it'll, it'll be me working for you for this vehicle. And what was interesting was we talked about it and he was really behind it. And I got busy. He got busy. Months passed. And then everything happened with George Floyd. Mm. And I said to him, now we have the dilemma. If we revisit it, does it seem like we're reacting? Yeah, or are we forcing it? Right, is like it, is we're it, trying to make a buck off of the timing. Is, of the timing is, is terrible, yeah. right? Because you want to be supportive and you want to show support, but also you don't. You don't want to be the person with the Black Lives Matters T-shirts that some white guy in Kansas selling and making money on it. Exactly. Right. So the thing of it was when we talked about it again, I said to him, and I said honestly, I said, I don't care about like making money on this one. I'm like, let's let's donate the thing, the proceeds. Let's donate the proceeds to a cause. Yeah. And at the time we were talking about it. And this is even this is even bittersweet talking about it because I personally have always had that sort of like philosophy and mindset that anytime you hear somebody talking about the charitable things that they do, there's an ulterior motive. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're they're doing it because they want recognition or whatever. They're 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 getting that from it in a way that it kind of diminishes its value. Yeah. Like like I love how like the Jehovah's Witnesses, they do all kinds of like charitable things, but they don't talk about it. Yeah, you know I mean, they do lots of stuff. They just do it. They don't brag about it. They don't talk about it. They just do it. Mm-hmm. And that's been how I've operated. And initially when we talked about it, he was behind that as well. Um, and then, like, you know, more recently, he actually, we actually started to talk about it. And he said, you know what? Let's actually, like, just, he said, I think I would feel better if we actually did note that we are not capitalizing on this, that we're going to donate the money to, like, the NAACP, yeah. you know, Legal Defense Fund or something else. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, if you're comfortable with it, it's it's i think it's more appropriate that you make that call yeah i said i'll i'll rally what you want to do with that and you know we'll now was that published as a retro lovely was that published as a chocolate cheesecake 
I'm sorry. Was that published as a chocolate cheesecake magazine or was that published as a retro? Lovely? It'll be retro lovely chocolate cheesecake edition. Okay, cool. And it's going to be multiple volumes. Like I think there's like four volumes of that. That was very nice. It's going to be huge too. Now, do you sell so like, uh, like I'm thinking like com- comic book wise here, right? So you could buy like a single issue, mm-hmm. or you could buy like the, com- the 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 compendium where it's like. So if if you have like the Halloween edition is going to be five things. Like you release individual ones, but then at the end of the month you're like, here's a, a full book of all of them together. Um, you know, I did that last year at uh, the holidays, um, the holidays edition, which is Christmas, Yom Kippur, all your, all your holidays around the end of the year. Yeah. Um, it was multiple volumes as well. And I did like the mega edition, which mm-hmm. is like a 300 page thing. It was like a phone book yeah. of, of Christmas pinup, but they're the problem, good, they're good coffee table books. The problem, the problem with it is it gets prohibitively, it's, it's so expensive to do those because we're not mass producing them anymore. Yeah. I mean, they're made one at a time, so there's no... There's no efficiency and scale. There's no cost effectiveness, and the thing just gets crazy expensive. Yeah, that's true. So I that's, think that's, that's kind of like the drag of it, yeah. you know, to do it that way. So where exactly do you stand uh, during this COVID as as a photography business, and how, where what is the state of Retro Lovely during this pandemic, and what are the plans or things you're looking forward to post post pandemic, or hopefully this this ends sometime soon? You know. It's really interesting there, too, because when it really kicked in, um, several things I didn't know, like, from day one. Like, the nation is shutting down businesses, Mm -hmm. right? Well, I rely on third-party producers for the actual product. Will they be allowed to produce? Like, I didn't know for, like, it was a couple weeks. I was just like, are they going to be shut down? Will the people that actually print the product be able to continue operating? Now, in, in... it kind of seems ironic, but like they were considered essential because they were printing things for public service. It doesn't seem really fair that a pinup magazine is essential. It is. People are losing their jobs and their their livelihoods. You know, yeah. in another, in another arena. St- we still need media. Media is important, but especially because if you're locked in your house. But because they were allowed to continue, I was allowed to continue as well. Yeah. Now the problem uh, becomes all the photo studios are are kind of like in limbo and shut down everybody's not shooting yeah and the next thing that i i kind of like start to look at was wow so it's possible that we could run out of content is it possible that in a month there's nothing to publish and it did slow down uh, i can't say that there was uh you know a point where it cooled off a bit um but then at the same time knowing that people were like you know cooped up and shut in um we started another product called scrapbook which was someone just uh, from listening. They said, I just heard and submit my work to his magazine today. I'm super excited. There you go. There you go. What's your name? What's the name? Uh, Shauna. Sh- I, I, I'm terrible with the last name. Leanne. Uh, M-E-N-C-H-A-C-E. I'll look for that. Yeah. In fact, if you submitted it recently and didn't get a uh, an email from me, it's because I'm here with uh, with Anthony. Yeah, um, I've well, been I've been really anal retentive about like when stuff comes in. Yeah, I get on it immediately because one of the things in the in the industry is a lot of people do it as a side hustle, mm-hmm. and they do it when they can fit it in around it their is, lives. It is hard to be a one man show. Yeah, so it really is. So like, the thing I is, like, I've been doing it as a full time thing since COVID started, mm-hmm. and that that feedback that quickness of response is very important to people yeah and it's one of the things that i think has helped me now talking about you know when COVID started and the and the the dearth of of you know material um it was really interesting but like something occurred to me you know people are cooped up 
and I start to notice models doing very creative things at home. Mm-hmm. Creativity, I think. All right, so this pandemic has been awful. People have died. That's not good, right? So I, I, I don't want to say this. This pandemic has been good, right? Absolutely not, right? But if if there is a a half glass full. Because that's kind of my mentality in life. I always try to find positives and the negative. So I'm not going to say the the, the the pandemic was a good thing at all. It wasn't at all. Right. But I think in the positive side, it made people who are content creators, it made people who are creative individuals step their game up and have to change the way they do things to stay relevant. Right. And I, I think right. that's what's kind of allude to what your project was during COVID here. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and the thing it is, noticing people doing creative things, uh, seeing a lot of models do things on their own at home with their cell phones. Yeah. Right? Which take great photos. We, we, we literally started this thing called Scrapbook. And, you know, in the past, nothing would ever get published unless it was professionally shot. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I stand corrected. Even in the early days uh, when we were printing by the thousands, in the very back of the magazine was a section called Corkboard. And it looked like a corkboard, and people would send in selfies and oddball stuff, and we put it on there with a little thumbtack, and it was like a fun thing. Yeah. Not professional, but they could still participate. Has a has a cell phone image ever made the magazine, like a full page? In some of our taboo editions, it has. Really? Yeah. Um, there was a couple models that were doing some extremely creative things with um, – uh, well, taboo edition is where it's like the nudes and all that stuff. Yeah, it, um, it's nude, but it's not. It's not trashy. It's not like hustler where no. there's. I don't. I, I don't know how to. Like, you like know, nothing's always, spread. Nothing's I, open. I used to always yeah. say that to people. They say, "Well, what's taboo like?" I said, "Well, Playboy. It, it might be shocking for Hugh Hefner, but it would bore to death um, the publisher of Hustler." Yeah, uh, what's his name? I don't Larry, know. Larry Flint. Yeah, Larry Flint. It would bore to death Larry Flint. Yeah. that's that's that's. It's, where it's, it's at. a lot of like boob and like naked, but it's not like. The legs are crossed, or it's it's not like it's not a gynecological exam. Yeah, you're not, you're not seeing her name and address, full, or social security yeah. number. Yeah, yeah. It's it's still very it's done very classy, right? And yeah. and it's extremely popular as a result. Yeah. And there have been some girls who have done something like the one. There was actually a cover. A girl actually did. A, she got a cover of one of the taboo editions with with a selfie. It's awesome, and it was great. Well. It was a professional camera that she was using, so it wasn't a cell phone. She was actually using like a, an SLR uh, okay. that she had, so she had some guns on her to hold that up. Yeah, but she she did it, and uh, that was fun. But the thing is, with scrapbook, it's all like selfies and and candid's and behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. and it's super inclusive and it's fun, and everybody got to participate with the stuff they were doing at home. And honestly, for like the first uh, two months when that came out, it was so well um, received and supported that. It served as a bridge. I mean, if it hadn't, if it had, if I hadn't started that one I did right there, I personally probably would have been in some trouble. You know, it was literally a thing where it was like the right thing at the right time. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, even though things have opened up a bit in some areas, it is still popular. I mean, it's become it's become part of the stable. Uh, Chris Chris Merciano says he loves the scrapbook edition. See, there you go. Isn't it fun? He said yeah. I got two emails back today. Um, and uh, he submitted a lot, so you did respond back to it. Okay, good. Yeah, good. I try. I, and interestingly, too, like I actually started to like put a little note with my acceptance things, where I basically say, because what was funny, like, here, okay, so here's my workflow. I get up usually at like four or five, and I go into my living room where my rig is set up. I got three monitors, and it's dialed in, and I go through and I start looking at things that were, you know, submitted overnight. And I start working on the next editions and I start doing like layouts and getting things ready and getting the credits in there and everything else. And, you know, it's 
it's it's pretty regimented right now. I have to say I'm pretty proud of like how uh, you develop how a flow. I've, I've got a great flow right now, yeah. and uh, I have some ideas about streamlining even further. But the thing is that when somebody makes a submission, the service that I use for the submissions, the form, I get a notification. You know, in the corner of my screen, I'll see a little thing, and as soon as I see it, I go and I check it out. Yeah. And there's sometimes I swear it must be like seconds between the point that they hit submit that I get to look at the work and send them like, you know, an email like, Hey, yeah, we definitely like to include this. And it's been such that through COVID and doing it full time and being there and doing it immediately. Um, I actually had somebody ask me the one day or made the suggestion. They said, is that like an automated response? <laughs> Cause it happens so quick. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, you know, I guess it could, it could seem like that. So yeah. I, I added actually in my little, acceptance spiel yeah you know i copy paste this is this is legit me i'm not not just in case you're getting this like instantly do know it has been reviewed by a human being it's not an automated response yeah because it it has been very very fast but yeah i think that's been like like i said earlier when um i do have things uh situated such that people can almost like you know take care of everything they need to do on their own like through the website and through all those resources when it comes to knowing whether or not the thing made it and has been accepted, um, the immediacy is very important about it. Yeah. And I think that's been one of the things that has helped with the um, explosive growth that I've seen recently with, um, you know, lots more submissions and people like repeat submissions, like people, they seem like they like the process. Like yeah. they like the fact that it's not, it doesn't drag on for weeks and months. And by having, you know, getting that stuff done quickly, like for regular editions, like any of the regular titles, there's multiple editions going out every month yeah. like retro lovely itself like i think in this past month i probably had four or five different uh volumes it's not just monthly i mean it's never been monthly i've always numbered them it's been issue one issue two so what, what are you up to number wise uh 117 just came out wow 117 yeah wow and that's that's retro lovely then there's venus cult which is like the alternative and uh fantasy goth uh like everything but penna basically yeah is there like cosplay you ever, you ever thought about Co oh yeah working that out oh, yeah. yeah. we, we've popular. had some cosplay editions that have been well, well received yeah. yeah cosplay cosplay yeah. photography does really well oh yeah um yeah. We'll, we'll get back to this in a second but um if you guys are watching uh thank you guys so much once again for for tuning in hit that a bunch of stuff going on yeah there's a bunch a of people. people saying they love scrapbook i have to applaud you for making scrapbook this has been a wonderful for some of our girls at pinup uh, for positivity. Oh yeah, I've seen tons of those gals. Yeah, yeah. so I'll definitely if well, I'll definitely follow that page as well. And uh, they get they get their feet wet getting published. Absolutely, Absolutely. Angie, that's great. Um, I'm de and then Tori says she's definitely going to do this. If you are watching this and you enjoy it, please help us out. Share the share this uh, thing. Share our page. Help us get some uh, some some word of mouth exposure. Now, I'm curious too. This recording that you have. Yeah. Will I be able to like point to it after the fact? Absolutely. So like yeah. on on my webpage, I can say, hey, you want to know a lot about the magazine. Go look at this interview I did with Tony. And Absolutely, make it, make yeah. It great I can feel I can give you the, the you, this. So once this is over, this audio will go up on Spotify, Excellent. Google. Excellent. I, I, the audio will be on every major podcast platform, awesome. and then it'll be st it'll still still here on Facebook, but it'll also go to uh, YouTube as well. Awesome, yeah. yeah um, if you have any questions, please post them in the chat, and we'll get you guys involved. Well, you girls, guys, and girls involved as well. Um, so definitely, definitely post your, you can read that from it. Cause like, I like to see like little letters. I, my other system I used to do when I used to stream on Twitch, it was a lot easier to read. This is more difficult. So I have to like uh, lean in. Yeah. Um, but so far, so I have two quick questions. Who has been, has anyone been a repeat cover girl? And if so, who, who, who holds like the MVP title of most covers? If you can remember offhand. 
um, out of Philadelphia, Miss V. She until recently she had she's the title. The, is she on the cover of this? She's that, yeah. Yeah, this is Miss V. So she's been on, and it's really interesting too because like she's been on the cover of all taboo editions. It's 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 amazing, but yeah. it's been uh, she had like three. Now there are a couple other gals that are up to two and three as well. I don't know if anybody's made it to four yet. Um, and the other thing that I'm like I'm kind of like waiting for is we've got. Retro Lovely, we've got mm-hmm. Retro Lovely Taboo Edition, which is the nudes, and then there's Venus Cult, which is like the the alternative, alternative stuff. stuff. Yeah, and uh, I was recently talking. Um, somebody had gotten a cover. Um, they were on Retro Lovely, and then they got a cover with like Venus Cult, and I said, "So she's only one title away from the trifecta." Yeah, and I'm waiting for the day when it's when I have the person that's been on the cover of each. Yeah, you know, it'd be kind of like anything. So like that hasn't happened yet. Hasn't happened yet. Interesting. I think it's going to happen soon though. It, I think another fun thing at like the end of the year. Just as just like a idea uh, spitball, like you post it, make a thing on the website or your social media, and be like, "Here were the twelve cover girls or shoots of the Met year, and here's a list of each one. Who do you vote to be Miss Retro Lovely of 2020?" And then like they're like the main person, like the Miss Miss Retro or Miss Retro Taboo or Miss Venus Cult of the year. Like you know what, that could be really cool. But then I also have like great anxiety with those sorts of things. Yeah, it does get a little sketchy. Because like, well, like last year with um, we did two different things. It was um for the Halloween edition and then for um the holidays. Mm-hmm. I literally put up. I think it was was it two hundred fifty dollars or two hundred dollars. We did a thing where there's like two hundred dollars at stake for anybody that participated in those editions, and it's like, oh well, should we do like a popularity thing? Yeah, and you know what. Uh, from a business perspective and from like a marketing perspective, it that's gets, awesome. Because, it gets more attention to your page, you, you know, and it's, but it's a hot mess. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen, if you've, if you've run into any girls that have done anything with like the inked magazine contest. Oh, they're like, everyone go here and just vote. Yeah. Yeah. And you're barraged. And then you realize if you get on the page, like people can buy votes. Okay. Oh, really? Yes. So I've always had like a bad taste in my mouth for that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's true. And if you did it by just judging, that's another thing. So what we did was for the two, for those two promotions, I actually tied it to the Pennsylvania lottery. Okay. I did it that if you were like, okay, so last year was Halloween had 10 volumes. There was taboo and there was nine regular editions. Mm -hmm. And what I said to everybody before we put them out is, all right, so if you're in issue number one and some of your work is on page 37 and the PA lottery on this date is 137, you win the 200 bucks. I like that. <laughs> and what was interesting was, um, since the issues didn't go up to like a hundred pages, they like, they capped out at like 60 or 70. Um, you had the possibility that uh, a day could come and go that there was no winner, but we just, you know, we do it the next time that they this had rolls the, over. the draw three. Yeah. So it was random. It was a random thing. Uh, do you collaborate, uh, with photographers on ideas? Very rarely. Um, in the past I did, like I actually, in the, in the early days of retro lovely, um, when we're printing, you know, printing them by the thousands and people bought them, there was an issue number nine. Um, I worked with the photographer and I basically said that I'm going and I'm like, you know what I would love to see one day. I would love to see a cover image and you're looking at the model. And then when you turned it around to the back cover, it was the same model and the same pose, but from the opposite side. So like. You flip it and it's like it's almost like you walked around her on yeah. the set, and that's extremely difficult. That's extremely tough. And I tasked uh, one of the photographers out of uh, Texas Lone Star Pinup, and uh, she delivered. I mean, um, she had you know she had the she had kind of like the, the the idea that I wanted to do with this thing, and she ran with it. And when she sent me the files, 
I looked at them and I was like, okay, let's see how good how, it is. How did you do the back? Like, what did the back shot look like? I wish I was there to see it. Because for me, what I did immediately was I put them in Photoshop and I stacked them on top of each other. And I flipped the front cover on top of the back cover. And I'm like looking at it. Like the girl's holding like a mirror. What was really cool is she's on the front cover. I'm like close to the mic. Yeah. She's on the front cover, but you can see her back for the most part. But she has a hand mirror and you can see her eyes looking at you. And then when you're on the back cover, it's her facing you, but then the mirror is up, right? Mm. And when I flipped them, I'm like looking for like the angle of the of the mirror, and like is it as high on the one as the other, and is her did her foot move? And uh, I mean, I could find some subtle differences, but like it, it was, was spot on, so well executed. It was like bravo. Yeah. And like quite honestly, there have been some times where I've suggested some things to people, but here's here's the problem with this always: you could have the best intentions and the best equipment and the best talent. And the best idea, and when the day comes that you have to execute it, it falls flat. Yeah. Like another great example was issue five. Um, the photographer that was working on uh, that particular, um, had the cover for that one. She originally started out with three models. She went to shoot three models, a redhead, a brunette, and a blonde. In fact, the redhead was the girl you met last year at the ball, um, Angela Ryan. Oh, she was a blast. So here's the thing. The photographer wanted to use three models. Well, the day of the shoot came. They were at some museum, car museum in L.A. The one model couldn't make it. The blonde couldn't make it. So it was just the redhead and the brunette. And both were competent models, great gals. But something just wasn't happening for the brunette. And the photographer had photographs of both of them. And she didn't even send me them all. She just sent me the ones of, the, of, of Angela. Yeah. She said it just wasn't happening. Yeah. She says, I know there's like an off here. day. Yeah. So here's the thing. It's like, if you have an idea uh, as grand as, as it is, I did it myself. Uh, to, was it last year with uh, Josephine and uh, two other models? I wanted to do I her stable is amazing. I want to shoot the three of them together and then have three covers. That I could like bust out, but then you put it back together. It didn't happen. Yeah. All the best planning. Well, the, 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 th the beauty of your magazine is it's not, not a negativity that you don't take thing like take suggestions from photographers because you really at your level you don't have to because someone can just take their their suggestion do it and then submit it right yeah right so it's you're kind of you know and, and that there, creativity your, your own creativity is there there's a huge problem with even entertaining that like as as we're working with the chocolate cheesecake edition dr cox at one point sent me an email with a bunch of questions questions that he was asked by models and one of them asked him i'm going to plan a photo shoot could i get a cover with what i'm going to do and he asked me the question, and I said to him, Ernest, I'm like, I'll bet you money that there's movie studios in Hollywood would love if they could go to the Oscar committee and say, hey, we haven't filmed the movie yet. Can we, can we be guaranteed we're going to get an Oscar? Yeah, can we get Best Picture? <laughs> I mean, it's a chicken, it's a chicken and the well, egg You want to split this one? You pour a little bit in your glass. All right. We're drinking some Hershey's Chocolate Yingling Porter here. Just came out. Uh, Mike was very excited that I had it. So I, I, I knew it existed, but I haven't had it. And he's got a bunch of them sitting here like a, like, a, like an alcoholic. <laughs> we, we we do well. We do another show called Banging Beers. Um, we absolutely appreciate the quick responses of submissions. By far the most imp uh, responsive, and it's a very impressive. Um, Thank you. I'm in a group called uh, Boise Alternative Babes. Am I saying that right, boys? B O I S. I'm terrible with. I'm I'm dumb. Um, with a few local photographers and models who are uh, most of the girls in my submissions today. If you want anything specific, we can set that up as well. I can do that. That's the guy who submit or the the, yeah. the person I, that submitted. I there. would I would never task anybody. Yeah, I, it's just it's not a practical sort of thing. Yeah. So the the thing that I would say is, 
and this 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 is beyond even just retro leveling and this is one of the things that i wanted to kind of like talk about with the guys uh, that are taking part in the the cover workshop um and actually let's back up a little bit to a story i want to tell you um probably about 12 13 14 years ago i was hired by uh, a guy who built a custom motorcycle great chopper he he did a lot of the actual like you know people say they built the bike and they bought everything and assembled it mm -hmm. this guy did a lot of like fab he actually created the frame and did welding and did a lot of stuff on this bike that he built and it was a custom and he did a great job and he had he had finished up with it and was like ready to like you know he wanted to like show it off and he took it to some shows he won a couple couple prizes at carlisle and uh he hired me to do a photo shoot with it and he wanted to shoot it with a, with a model so we were on like model mayhem which is like an old resource that everybody used back in the day before like instagram took over but we found a model local to where he was it was down in uh, harrisburg and uh, he got a location and we did this photo shoot and he hired me and the reality was i you know there was a couple key things that he wanted but he gave me like leeway on what you know what i thought creatively um he wanted like close-ups of certain detail i mean it makes sense he, he of the bike he spent you know he spent time on certain aspects of the thing that are unique that nobody has done and it's he did it well and he wants like the detail shots so what was interesting was we did the shoot got a bunch of great stuff I was happy with it. He was happy with it. He was thrilled. The model was happy. And uh, a couple months went by and he sends me an email and he's like, Hey, the photo shoot that we did, there's a bike magazine's going to publish some of the photos. And I'm thinking like, cool, you know, maybe it's like in the back, like a reader build, right? A couple photos. Then he comes back and I get another email like a, a couple weeks later. And he's like, they're gonna do like a, a feature on it, like a couple pages. I'm like, awesome. Then he comes back and like, Two, three weeks after that, he's like, they're going to use something on the cover of this thing. And I'm like, what? Right? So what was really interesting about it, this was before Retro Lovely, and it was actually part of the process. The Part of the, the revelation of what goes on uh, was part of the reason why I started Retro Lovely. But he wanted to get it in this magazine, so he hired me to do good photos. He got a model. That's He studied the, he studied the publication. He, he, he logged what they, what they print. He got in their headspace. Mm -hmm. He looked at what their style was like. And that directed what we did with the shoot. It directed the model that was chosen. It directed the setting. And then he, he basically packaged it up and sent it to them. And he hired a friend to write basically like an article about the bike, talking about the build, talking about all the things that he did, the awards that he won. The guy that he, that he tasked for this is a person that does writing for a living. Okay, he writes press releases. So he effectively packaged an entire thing for the publication, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was built for them. You know, they got it and they're looking at it and it was literally a situation where he handed them everything they needed and it was little work for them to say, perfect, let's go. Mm -hmm. And again, that's where I say like, if it's a publication, not even just retro lovely, if it's, if it's any of them and you really want to get, um, you know, as much involvement as you can study what they do, mm -hmm. study what they do, think about it. Think about what you could do that would complement it. Yeah, like how how would my photography fit into this style of magazine? Right. Yeah. Right. You, you know, you can stack the deck in your favor, and you can you can. There's tons of information that you can use. Because like, to better your chances. From seeing as many retro levelies of, as I've seen, because you you know you've graciously hooked me up. With, like the we, we you're like I'm gonna give you a magazine or two, and then Nikolai showed up the like the week before the uh, and he literally dropped an 85 pound box on our table. Like this is great. There's two tons in my basement from the original series. Really? Yeah. Yeah, if you ever there's ever, like three pallets. If you ever need to get rid of some, let me know. I I, I was if I was, I was anywhere, putting them on. You can, you can give them out. You can give them yeah. away. Yeah. yeah. When people come to the show. Hey, take this. Like I know. got, 
in my basement right now there's probably six thousand copies of issues one through well not even one but like issues six through nine i've got like three thousand copies of those nice things. yeah yeah well, well, well not nice i wish i had the money we'll, we'll work something out uh, we'll, we'll do like a package deal i'll yeah. buy them off yeah um yeah, I love them. I, I for a while there, they would actually sit next to the podcast table, and then I like people before the show would start, people would look through them, and they loved it. I had to bring it back down because it was a really good conversation piece. And I was like, I was proud that I interviewed. I was like, oh, I just interviewed this guy. Look, look at this awesome stuff he makes. But anyway, seeing as much as I had, like, I think if somebody put an image out and it was very dark and ominous, and it was like in a very setting where there wasn't much light, and it was a very dark photo shoot, retro is very bright, vibrant stands out i mean i it's, it's a certain images like as you're flipping the pages like if it was a very dark image it would be tough to well, i'll challenge you there really like here's a for instance and this is this is really interesting too like when we talk about like um trying to imagine what would work um i think this is actually um it's it's i almost wanted to actually publicly talk about this but very recently i released a special edition of a, one of my partner studios and it was like a retrospective of their work so it was two volumes a couple different covers now for the one that of this particular model that we ran. I mean, look at the tonal palette of that. Oh yeah, that is darker. Yeah, it's darker. I don't know. But it's, yeah, it's, it'd be tough to see. Yeah. Um, this is on the Instagram page. It's from like three days ago. It's the cover. You know um, what it looks Junior like? Rosewater. It looks like um, the movie Pulp Fiction. Yeah, when, exactly. When the girl is waiting in the cab for Butch yes, to get in. Yes, yes, yes. That's what it looks like. So here's the thing. This set, there's a bunch of great images in it. Did you ever try to do like a noir edition where it's all black and white? We've had a bunch of black and white in issues in the past. We're doing an old Hollywood one coming up, too. Oh, that'd be so cool. But just to give you an idea, right? This is from that same photo shoot. Yeah. Now, you see the ones with the umbrella, right? Mm-hmm. So when I was working on the issue, and this is from 11 hours ago, actually. Uh, so These are all on Instagram, too, so yeah. you can head over to the Instagram. So the thing of it is, when I was working on the issue and I saw that set, it really grabbed me. And in that particular set, there was a couple different images that I looked at and I thought, there's a cover in there. One of those is a cover. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I don't know which one. Sometimes I have anxiety over which one. And the ones with the umbrella was one of my choices. And then the other one was one of my choices. And I actually talked to, you know, sometimes I run it by like peers and I, I get their, their gut reaction on it. And I ran it by like four people initially. And it was, it was split down the middle. Half of them liked the one with the umbrella. The other half was the, the one that we used. Then I added another person and I had another person, another person, and it kept going back and forth. And I was like, oh my God. It's like, so it's obvious that either one of them is, is awesome. It's going to work, yeah. You know, and some people were waxing poetic about one or the other. Okay. People love them each equally. Front and back and, ever. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the thing is, it's like sometimes it's like agonizing over which one. And I think the thing that's a little bit of a lesson right there is even if you do something and you have some art and a group of people or a person doesn't get it, it doesn't mean that other people are going to love it themselves. It's possible yeah. that your market is someplace else. So don't get discouraged. Uh, do you have any words of advice for photographers for your magazine? And then he goes, he did that about 15 minutes ago. He addressed some things. This is on a replay. Um, so I appreciate uh, Chris for you sharing this. So yeah, if you're hanging out, thank you guys so much. Sharing it helps us out. The word of mouth is huge. But yeah, people are people are digging it, man. Um, my question to you guys in the chat is if, if you submitted stuff and you found Retro Lovely, um, what were the means of what you found Retro? Did you find it through Instagram? Did you find it through uh, Google ad? Like what were your, what were your, um, how did you find Retro? That would be my question for the chat that I'd like to. Can I make a prediction? Sure. Um, they stumbled upon it by somebody else who was already in it and reshared it. 
Interesting. It's 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 almost like a cancer. Yeah. Um, the sheer volume that so I'm I've trying been doing. To, I'm trying to develop that cancer for us. Well, it's, you know the thing <laughs> is, it's like cancer. the actual the actual Facebook product, the product itself is also the advertising for it. Yeah. And the sheer volume of things that we've been releasing has been uh, uh, it's it's been disseminating it to tons of people. Yeah. I mean, you almost can't poke around and if you're in pinup circles and not see somebody referencing mm-hmm. it. So Facebook and found it through friends. All right. Where, where are you guys? Where are you guys from? That's another question I have because it's, it's awesome to see like something from downtown Pottsville, Pennsylvania, and it's like we're from Ohio or we're from California. I got, I got partners in Australia. It's great. Like I yeah. talk to them when it's their morning and it's like my late night. When I when I go and people watch, like I can't really see Facebook wise where how far we reach with the podcast, but like when they listen to audio only, I get a little bit of demographic and it's he's like, Oh, someone from Ireland listened to your episode. I'm like, that's interesting. That's awesome. Like, it, well, let me ask you this one. The merchandise that you sell with Teespring, it doesn't they, really tell me where it goes. It doesn't tell you where it doesn't tell me who bought it. It just tells me what item was bought and what they bought. See now with the magazine itself with MagCloud, that service, it doesn't tell me who purchased something, but it tells me the city, the city and the state and the country. Oh, really? So what's interesting is there are times where like, I actually can like uh, put out a release and then I see the the areas, and I think, oh, there's a model in that area, or there was a photographer in that area. Yeah, and you see that correlation, mm-hmm. and it's interesting too because, like, what I just said about um, how people find it, there are some days. I mean, for doing it as much as I've been doing it for the past two years, and especially the last few months, um, I can almost predict things. Like the patterns are amazing as far as if if you publish a model from a particular country, I guarantee you within the next few weeks submissions from that area are going to spike yeah because she has promoted that you know she was in the issue or was on the cover that's why word of mouth is so popular that's just it it's like because you can like i drop 20 bucks on a remember how you're talking about sometimes people get negative in uh, on social media Mm -hmm. so i we do this podcast called truth behind illusion where we talk about supernatural and ghosts and and stuff like that and then we do like a a topic um so i paid facebook 20 bucks to see if they can just promote the video so we can get some exposure and it told us we had 4,000 people watch it, hmm. but it, it, there was no interaction. There was no, yeah. I was like, I, I don't believe that. I don't trust that. I don't trust it I either. Trust but then one guy commented a piece of fecal matter, a piece of shit. He put a piece of shit on my wall on the, on the post. And he said, because you paid Facebook to fill my, my newsfeed with shit, I'm returning the favor. No shit. And I hearted no it. Shit, no shit. I hearted it and said, thank you. And I, I did the Dwight from the office where he's crying and saying, thank you. <laughs> like, like, I'm not going to get mad about it. I, I literally was like, I thought it was funny. Right. And then I was like, Oh wow, it did work. Someone seen it. One person, <laughs> one person actually yeah. seen it. Not the four thousand they told you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so one guy was so upset. Uh, he he decided he wanted to return the favor, nice. and I thought it was the funniest thing ever. Nice. Um, pinup uh, pinups for positivity is based out of Clarksville, Tennessee, and the surrounding areas. So there you go. Uh, Retro Lovely is one of the magazines we list our girls to submit to uh, for our group of pinups for positivity. When I was in a a pinup group in uh, in a pinup group, I'm in Buffalo. Uh, Nickel City Dolls. Many girls went to the Retro Partner Studios of uh, Sweetheart Pinup. Not actually a partner, but they have tons of work in the issues. Yeah. Yeah. Now, who are some of your partners that you're that? I mean, I'm sure you have a bunch. So I'm not. I, I know if you miss somebody, I think we're up to about two dozen right now. Who are Who are some of your ones that you're like when you see some coming and you're like like excited for? Well, you know, I'm I'm always excited for all of them because yeah. we we actually over the past few years, I mean, some of them are recent additions, but um, the thing about the partner studios is 
I mean, you know my answer. It, it literally. <laughs> oh, Josephine. Josephine is my. It, it is literally my is a favorite. situation where, well, like I talked earlier about how I am stretched thin for time. Yeah. Okay. And one of the problems that occurs, um, like early on, like here's a great, you know, this is a great resource where people can ask questions and we can talk to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I can't do that twenty four seven, right? If I did, I'd run out of time. I'd never get anything done. Yep. And one of the problems is just like models have the questions, photographers also have questions. And um, early on, I basically decided, let me set something in place that people can be uh, partnered with the studio, with the, with the publication, that um, there's some benefits to them as far as making it easier to submit. You know, some people submit so much uh, in bulk that uh, with partner studios, they don't use the, the you know, the, the submission form they just sent me something through a, a cloud sharing device. Yeah. And we have a system in place that I know when something is there and I get it published quick. Um, I also have a review process where for them, I, I go through a lot of their past work and basically set it up in such a way that um, I see enough quality and consistency that I can say to them, I'll, I'll publish anything that you do because you, you're doing quality and consistent. Mm -hmm. um, and it makes it easy for them with their models to basically say, any shoot that we do, it's automatically accepted. Okay? Yeah. It's, it's, it makes it easier. Um, for me, the other thing that becomes very um, uh, resourceful is there's a Facebook group among those partner studios, and we get to talk about things. Um, if it's me saying, hey, I have an idea for this, that, or the other thing, what do you think? Um, in fact, it was just a few months ago, they talked me out of uh, a very, what would have been a very bad decision, okay? Um, I was thinking about my own mortality, right? Mm -hmm. I was thinking about dying. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about how most of these magazines are side hustles. It's people doing them in addition to something else. They've got a photography studio to add this in. It adds to their, you know, esteem and mystique. Um, what are the, sometimes it's creepy guys who want to chat up girls. Okay. Yeah, they yeah. start a magazine. There's a lot of side hustle publications. Back when I started it 10 years ago, I was on newsstands. I mean, I wasn't distributed like the big car magazines, but I was in about two, 300 shops all over the world. And the thing that was interesting about that was I distributed directly to those shops. They kept it on their shelves. They didn't like get rid of it at the end of the month. They treated it like something that had lasting value. Mm -hmm. And that was all part of that history and that story. And it was something that's, that was, took a lot of work and it was tough to do and nobody's ever been able to do it too. And, and I don't want to call it like pride, but you should have pride I, in work. I, I think, you know, my whole thing became what I called, I think I referenced this, my, my Willy Wonka moment. Yeah. When I you thought, give someone the gold ticket. Well, who's going to, who's going to carry it on if I drop dead tomorrow? Yeah. Well, if God forbid something happens that tomorrow I just drop dead, it stops. And I don't want that for it. Okay. I'd like it to continue on after my demise. Mm -hmm. All right. I think a lot of the fundamental things that it was started to do and a lot of the things that it's become are worth keeping. Yeah. And I had this moment and I basically said to the partner studios, I, I put a graphic, I, I put a graphic in the, the group and it said for sale, which is a big for sale sign. I said, I'm going to post this. And they, they were like, no, don't. Because people won't understand what you mean. They don't read. They'll just see the for sale sign and think that you're going to close. Right? And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, I could totally see people. Because people don't read. Yeah. They'll just see that and they'll, they'll oh, they're going to stop. My intent was that I wanted to put a for sale sign out to basically find my Charlie Bucket. I wanted to find the person or, or team that at some point would take it over. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and that's what I'm gearing up for right now. I'm actually getting things uh, as streamlined as possible so that I could sit down with your with your uh, Tori mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And as a person that does graphics, I could say, this is what I do day to day with this publication. And it would make sense to a graphic artist or somebody that's visually oriented and works with computers on a regular basis that they can actually pick up the slack. Mm-hmm. And it's either going to be that I continue it and build it to a spot where um, somebody could come in if it's maybe it's like an intern at first and then they, they buy it. Yeah. Um, or I literally want to have the the uh, the entity, the business of Retro Lovely in my will to be put into a trust of sorts where basically my family would own it. But the people that are my partner students right now or other people that I that I trust um, have basically like a roadmap of what to do to transition it to somebody else. I think that's so. smart to do. I, it does sound morbid, but I think it's it it's kind of like when uh, I actually just had this conversation today with my grandmother um, because we do have a, fa- a family member who uh, isn't doing amazing health. And I think it's at the point where I think uh, and this happens to a lot of families and people is like something happens or cancer cancer kicks up or some type of illness comes in and people don't want to think about their mortality and then they don't put that kind of stuff in writing and don't think about right. it and then they yeah. go on and then it's just like a, a uh, it's a crapshoot of who's going to figure out how it goes yeah and i think it's very important to think about your mortality and things like that especially if you put as much work in and dedication and time into something that you are proud of that you want to continue I don't think I think that's a very smart thing to do. Yeah, and it's you know, and the thing of it is, if if you if you want to really think about it, I mean, okay, say it say it is a scenario that I drop over dead, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I won't know. What would it matter? Yeah, right. What 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 possible pride motive would there be? Because like, even still, I won't know. Yeah. Okay. For the most part, you pretty much assume that. Yeah. But as a resource, as something that was like put in place and for for a lot of things that it did a lot of things that it even does today i mean there's still some things that we're doing today that other people just aren't and i i kind of feel like i would just feel sad i would just feel sad to think that it like stopped yeah because there's other publications that i remember that stopped yeah and i'm boomed out like every once in a while i think about like there was a magazine called barracuda was really cool there's another one called um atomic something or another you would need you would need someone who is like a graphic designer someone who's a photographer and possibly someone who is a social media person like a three person you know, even team. even the photographer side of things not so much i mean they would have to know a bit about like photo editing as far as oh yeah because you, know, you have the things. partners who would s- submit yeah i i, I, I haven't think con- of that i haven't yeah. contributed photography myself in months yeah you know my role lately has been as a graphic artist and organizer and promoter yeah you know and really again I spend more time in an Excel spreadsheet than I spend in anything else. Yeah. And it's literally just getting um, everything organized. And if there's one thing I can say to like anybody that sees this now or, or later, um, you know, when it comes to photography, the ownership of the photography is in some, some cases for some people like a, a confusing sort of thing, because in the industry, even if you hire a photographer to do a photo shoot, typically they still own the images. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, even if you pay them for a shoot and you submit them to the magazine, I still need their approval to get that thing, you know, published. If I don't have their approval, it puts me in hot water. Mm-hmm. You know, it has to happen. And one of the biggest things that um, is sort of like a, a point of frustration or a, a time a time soak is that I can't make that happen myself. I can't make people do what they need to do to give me that permission. So here's a here's a quick question, and it's the only reason I'm asking is because it's a weird thing. Because I'm a wrestling fan, so here's my wrestling reference sneaking yeah. in here. Right. Um, there's a wrestler who has sleeves up and down his arms, um, and it's a crazy lawsuit. I can't even believe it's a thing because his likes and his imagery and everything is on TV, 
and his, he's in video games and action figures. Uh-huh. And his tattoo artist is suing because his imagery is not being used. Like he wants a cut of oh, every man. photo that his tattoo is on. I've never. I mean, that's a little tattoo artist do that. This do one they is retain rights to the art. I don't know. Like that's so I was just thinking like as we were talking, I was like, holy shit. I, that's a thing that's legit. Okay, happening so right is, now. is the wrestler marketing the art in addition to promotion? Like, does he have things for sale that clearly are the art taking the, advantage of the art? I, I don't I'd have to look at his tattoos okay. closely, but like he wants like the tattoos to be taken out of the video games. He like he like he, he, the guy paid to get him on his body. Jesus. It's crazy. Um, could you go over what it takes to become a partner, uh, a partner studio, requirements, fees, any partner, uh, uh, per, uh, pertinent information we might need? And also, more specifically aside uh, from the fees and uh, desire, is there, a, is, there, is there more to a selection process? Um, basically, there is um, an initial portfolio review. Okay, so if, if I want to like, if somebody wants to talk to me about becoming a partner studio, I have to immerse myself in their work. Mm-hmm. All right. So, like, say it was you. You, you know, you, you using your camera and you want to become a partner studio. Um, if I haven't seen all your work, I need to really immerse myself in the content that you've created already to get a sense of the your ability to replicate that kind of level. Okay. Um, that takes me some time. I'll, I'll ask you for like samples. I'll ask you for a number of like high resolution samples, links to all your uh, websites, social media, etc. Um, there's a number of questions I'll ask you about as far as um, how long you've been doing it, what are the things that you do, um, do you work consistently with a makeup artist, a particular makeup artist, or a cadre of them? Who are they? Can I see their work? Um, this takes me a couple hours, so there is a $100 fee for that. At that point, if I get through all the content, there'll be some business uh, questions and 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 things that I'll have for you as far as like I'll literally ask you what you know about you know. Uh, the publishing world. What do you think? Who do you think my average? Who do you think is the average person that buys these? How many think we sell on average? What do you think it is for the industry as far as um, you know? Where do they go? And this is all because is this over a phone call or an email? Mostly emails. I mean, yeah. sometimes I've done like some uh, like conference, FaceTime, calls. Skype things with people. Yeah. Um, I've had a few phone calls too. Um, it's usually easier with the, the emails because there's like links and things that I got to get from people. So they're, yeah. they're doing that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really a matter of like being able to get like a, a real good handle on the, on the work. Uh, and then from there, if like, I actually feel that the, you know, the imagery is solid enough and that your business acumen is solid enough and that you are, um, let's say aware of what, how things are, because it's, it's amazing to me how it's frustrating for me that sometimes people have the wrong idea about something. Um, like, I'm not on newsstands. I'm not selling thousands of copies anymore. And the reality of it is, just about anybody that uses the MadCloud service, and here's the thing, I almost wanna like put a challenge out, okay? I almost wanna like put like a $500 bounty out and say, all right, who wants to come and let's get a, a third party you know, source to actually do an audit. And actually say and, and go into your accounts for the for the like have somebody come in and look at your your spring your uh, teespring account and see exactly what you're selling mm-hmm. okay um there's a lot of smoke and mirrors with it that that <laughs> that i think is 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 misleading and i don't want the photographers that i work with to be misleading with their clients mm-hmm. i want them to have the tools quite frankly if somebody went to my personal website uh for my photography 
um, I have certain packages that I have available for, for models, and I very clearly talk about the publishing and the limited reach and print that it actually has. Mm-hmm. I'm very honest about it because I spent a couple of years where I was in a hiatus where I wasn't publishing at all, and I had clients that were doing photo shoot after photo shoot after photo shoot to get published. Yeah. And I'd say to them, you know, well, what magazines are you, are you trying to get published in? And they would tell me the names, and I would, like, look at them. I'd glance at them and say, you realize tonight you're going to post this on Facebook and more people are going to see it than are ever going to see it in that, that magazine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just to be, you know what I mean? I, I don't believe in like, um, sugarcoating it that way. Um, I just want to be real about it. Mm-hmm. And cause I think there's, there's people that are a little bit, um, mischievous with what they present. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's the thing that I come across with, and it's, it's not so much with all podcasts, but it does happen where people, will say, hey, I want you to be on my podcast. I want you to be a guest on my podcast and promote your business. Or we're going to plug your business on the podcast. Um, and I want you to pay a fee to be on our show. Right. Right. And then you say, well, listen, I have I have 2,000 followers on Facebook and I have 2,000 followers on YouTube. And then you go look at their videos and they have 2,000 followers. They have three likes. And their video, their video watches are like a hundred views or two views or yeah. 10 views. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, you paid a third party to give you your 2000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. So you look like you have outreach, but it's not natural. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not organic. Yeah. It's not organic. Right. So I, and, and, and I, I can definitely see that in all different other worlds too. Like, Oh, you know, I've said this repeatedly to people in recent years, you know, if you were unscrupulous, you could be wealthy. Yeah. You know, cause, cause well, like what we talked about earlier, like people don't pay attention. Hmm. People don't read. Um, sometimes they see what they want to see. Those damn morals are cold me back from being right, rich. Yes, I could. I could be like running shit. <laughs> I could have a lot of money if like I was just like a dick about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my problem. I always get uncomfortable when it comes to the money thing. Like when people are like, "Oh, how can we do this?" and figure, and I'm like, oh, "I don't know. Don't just buy a T-shirt, or just and share honestly, it on social and media." And that's like I, with the with the partner studios. Part of my process in asking those questions is to see what they know, mm-hmm. because if I have the conversation with somebody and they they give me back wild answers that I know basically they tell me you don't really know what's going on and if you don't your expectations are what you what you think should be I'm not going to be able to meet them because Mm. you're not yet you're not yet uh, embracing or accepting what is the reality of this so that's an important part of it but just to wrap that up then if 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 we get past all that stuff and we're on the same page, the partner studios, it's I think right now it's uh, it's one hundred and fifty dollars a year for the for the annual fee, mm-hmm. and the reality of it is what that does is, where I do not have time to talk to any people that like just email me, with partners, if they text me, if they send me a message, if they email me, I'm making an effort to get back to them within twenty four hours and answer them and, and work with them, mm-hmm. and in some cases it's it's literally a matter of like when COVID hit. You know, I was talking to uh, a few of them are in certain market areas where things are, are not good. Yeah. And we literally like brainstorm, like, well, what could we do? What could we possibly do that might help? You know, what things could we could we possibly do that like might, might help you out with this? It's not just me like saying, you know, you're going to give me money and, and, and I publish your stuff. I mean, for the most part, you can do that just by submitting. Mm-hmm. But there's other things that go with it that are like it, it. There is service. I mean, there's even days where like in the group, you know, with the partner studios, um, I'll ask them how I'm doing. You know, they've been involved with other publications. They work with other publications. And I'll occasionally say, like, you know, is, is this a good value for you? You know, and I knock on wood, I've gotten a lot of great feedback from them. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, you know, have, have, have felt that it's a, it's a good value and that they're, 
um, that it's definitely different than anything else that they've been involved with. You know, it's my goal to keep that that way. Yeah. Um, and they're a good bunch. I mean, what I really like is um, when we communicate um, as a group, it's always positive. It's it's constructive. It's a bunch of adults. And mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. You know? Now, one of the questions we asked you way, way back in episode nine, um, I said, what would be one of your dream locations to do a shoot at? Uh, and I, I don't remember exactly some of the answers, but have you ever, since then, have you done any shoots or have any done like, like any projects at a location that really like kind of blew you away? You know, I actually have a few things on deck, which are going to be that, mm-hmm. um, they just haven't come to pass yet. Nice. And, uh, I actually have a goal right now. Um, I don't know if you, if you'd seen a couple, couple days ago, I, I backed into this thing on Facebook Marketplace. This guy has this like Airstream for sale up in New York. Airstream, a big Airstream uh, trailer. Okay, like a, like a camping trailer, but it's it's gutted, so it's like empty. But he he retrofitted it to carry um, some motorcycles. And I was looking at it and like I saw some photos. Like that's like a mobile studio. Yeah, right. And I just had this like instant dream of like getting something like that and traveling with it. Yeah, making it available as a rental for other photographers, doing some shoots with it as well. Basically, like having a traveling caravan. Basically, that's you're on the same bars. I would love to get to the point where I can make enough like money to support this. But I would do that. I would get an RV mm-hmm. and I would go one end of the one end of the country to the other and just stop at cities and be like, "I'm at this location. Right, right. Come, we'll come tell me your story. Well, see, and let's talk." And I kind of want to do that with like vintage and retro, mid-century things yeah. in the United States. There's places I want to go and see that. Uh, you know, have always haunted me that I want to go in and, and witness it mm-hmm. directly. And, you know, I've actually since talked myself out of the Airstream idea because you need a truck. They're huge. Where would you store it? Like I could put it on my property, but if I decorate it like I want to, and then my neighbors are going to be pissed off. And I've actually resigned myself into thinking instead of the, the big Airstream, instead I want to do like a 70s custom van. Or like a Volkswagen? No, like the like the, the Chevy or Fords or the Dodges that had the beds in them and the little okay. diamond you know window in the corner and the outrageous Steve-O, paint jobs. Steve-O bought a van. It's like and it's like becoming a popular thing. So he gets his van and it literally has like a t- like a living room in it. Mm-hmm. And then what he does is the the roof pops up mm-hmm. and it becomes a canopy bed. Oh, yeah. And then it has like a couch and another bed that somebody can sleep in. And then he turned it into a podcast studio. Boom. And he gets in this van and just drives. And then he has like camera GoPro set up. And then him and somebody else sit in the passenger and driver's seat and they drive around and do a podcast. See, I want to do that for pinup. Yeah. I want to go to events. I want to go to car shows. I want to take it to, to Vegas at some point. Take it out to Route 66. Yeah. Do some shoots awesome. as, as you travel. But it, like vintage like like places like going to like old school mid century mm-hmm. like attractions. But that's the goal. You know something like that. Yeah. Mobile pseudo slash shareholder slash partner. I'm ready. J C Clifford. <laughs> hey, Jay. <laughs> hey, you know, Ex- bar- bartender extraordinaire, uh, overall great person, amazing musician. JC is a man of many titles. I love solid, that to the solid yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting because as I as I started to float the idea for the van, um, the guy that I got my stickers from, he's out in New Jersey. And like, I just mentioned this thing about like, because what I said to him was, I kind of want to like basically myself um, earmark a certain amount of money to, to do it and start it. To mm-hmm. get something that's like the, the bedrock of, of the project. But then I said, like, I hate, like, you know, crowdsourcing situations. Like, just give me money to do something I want to do. That yeah. kind of pisses me off. But I might approach it and use one of those those crowd, you know, sourcing platforms for this. That, rather my, than My pride kicks in. Someone made one for me, like a GoFundMe. Oh, really? And I was like, I really appreciate the sentiment. 
but like oh, I get so weirded out by yeah. it. Yeah. Like asking for merch is too much. Like I have a donations tab that people can donate. Mm -hmm. I think in two years I've had one donation and I was very appreciative of it. But then I'm like, oh, my God. I get like like my anxiety kicks in. It's like well, you know what to do though. Think think of it this way, and this is what I'm going to do. How I'm going to approach this. Yeah. I want to have like um you know I'll I'll be the lion's share of getting it started, but. Mm -hmm. Like the oh, that's right. Sorry, people. <laughs> with the gentleman with the with the with the sticker company. Yeah. My thing is going to be this. Um, as far as the project itself is concerned, and its totality, there could be some marketing value in it for other people too. Mm -hmm. So, like him, he does he does vehicle decals. He does like some big work, like for like wrapping, you know, commercial vehicles with yeah. advertising. He he basically said to me, like, let me know when you're doing this. He's like, I would take part in this. Yeah. You know, like like willing to like become part of that, and I'm like. That's 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 the way I do it. Yeah. I find other businesses that are like minded that have a, a possible benefit because I mean, I'm, I'm imagining like a very hot pink metallic van. Absolutely. Right? Just like that. You cannot not look at it's like Some, Brett the Hitman Hearts gear. Something that like <laughs> like that police in other districts would be like, that's a moving violation. Like, yeah. That's causing people to wreck because they can't stop looking at it. Like something that's like, you know, one of those things that like. It will get your branding message across. You know what you should do with the one side that doesn't have any windows. Remember the old school '80s vans with like the spray designs on the side. Oh like, yeah, exactly. Of like a uh, like a warrior with the girl hanging off him with like, but do the opposite, like a, a pinup girl sprayed on there. My thing is going to be this. That'd be I'll, awesome. I want to have it hot pink, some sections of white, and I want to get stickers of pinup models stick it on there like this table yeah basically like sticker bomb it exactly basically let the models you know buy some stickers you know support us with like a small donation get some of the stickers get some for themselves and then we get it on the van and then the day comes we're at an event and they're near there they can come out and like sign the van yeah right? just just have a bunch of stuff some of the businesses that have it like a, a, a that's why i made this table because like it looks like scream queens and then yeah. we have like different businesses who come and give me their sticker and i, I add it to the table yeah and we're getting exactly. to the point where we're putting them on the chairs now mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's it's they're everywhere you yeah. I, I we're very like-minded like it's the same thing with the reason i started this is like i love meeting people talking to people making connections but i also my goal is if i do become big like i want to be able to help other people like Hey, I'm starting off a new business. Hey, you're here. I'm like, cause I was obsessed with like Kevin Smith and Joe Rogan and Howard Stern because they can take someone who does no, you don't know at all. And that that person tells their story and they become humanized. It's like, right. I would want to support them more because now I know more about them. Right. You know, like you, people look at the retro lovely brand and they're like, I like everything about it visually, but now they come and watch it and hear you as a person and hear how awesome of a person you are. And well, that's, that's the other part of it. Yeah. yeah. You know, to put it like a bit of a human spin on it. Like in, in, it was actually probably just five six months ago mm -hmm. um before like my my lack of pride and my my embarrassment at having ego like i really i'm not real big on people that have like big arrogant egos yeah right so i've always had this problem of self-promoting and i've had people in my life like jc probably one of them my friend kent they say you know you're you're too nice or you don't you don't take enough credit and <laughs> it was just it was just a couple months ago. I think JC like, told me that at your studio. We were He's like, your podcast is great. Take more credit. And yeah. I was like, oh. right. <laughs> but the thing it is, that's genuine. And the thing yeah. is, I, I literally a couple months ago started like adding to the branding um, to put my name along with it. Michael Band's retro lovely. Yeah, because you were going by an alias. Well, for my photography, yeah, I yeah. had to because in the early days, people would come at me like with their hands out, mm -hmm. like I like I owed them something. Yeah, and it was always like. It was so dubious that, you know, they would come at me as a photographer. And what I did was I, I created an alias so that if they contacted that photographer, they didn't know he had anything to do with Retro Lovely. Yeah. And it made me know they liked the work. 
Smart. Not that they wanted to get in my pocket or get in my ear for something else. Yeah. So. Well, anything, uh, anything in closing you wanna you wanna talk about or get out there? So, just anything I may have missed question wise that you wanna you wanna talk about? We covered all the good stuff, and we didn't even we we, we talked early on about doing this like the debates last night. We would talk each other, talk over each other, and wrong, we didn't do that. Wrong, wrong. No, that's just we gotta say no. It's a lie. This is so unpresidential. <laughs> that was Come dude. On. If people watch stuff from another country, <sighs> they would think it's an SNL skit. Right. Yeah. I loved it. Only be, and I, I I I don't have a political line, so please don't judge we, me. We but, haven't even talked anything politics. I don't know where you stand. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't I, matter to I, me. I don't have any line. I I just watch pro wrestling, and that was the closest thing to pro wrestling. When it, <laughs> but the scary thing is, these are the people that are going to run our country. Yeah. Well, you know, I I went into it and I said to myself, I know exactly what's going to happen. And me I know, and Tori watched it, and we were crying, laughing. I I know what everybody's going to say tomorrow. Their guy trounced the other guy. Oh, killed him. Killed him. And it wasn't even a competition. Right. And and you know, nobody's mind is going to get changed. Never. You know, we are a nation that needs to get a divorce. Yeah. We need to really kind of like decide, like, we need to separate. Like, maybe we all come together and say, you know what? We have such fundamental differences. More people watch, should watch the documentary that we talked about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think if we actually separate it and decided to, like, collectively have, like, uh, protection, like, in our military, right? But then let, let the people that are left-leaning have certain areas of the country let the people that are right-leaning have other areas of the country do what they want to do. And if we get attacked by China or Russia, then we come together and we beat their ass. Yeah. But uh, let's live and let live otherwise. I just, I feel like if something bothers you, just don't, like, if I don't like this, then don't buy it. Don't look at it. Like, buy this. But I'm saying if, like, when it comes to, like, something on TV, right, or we'll, we'll like, somebody who creates something says something you don't like and it's like well i don't want any i don't want to follow anything they ever did ever again it's like then okay, don't then don't like yeah. but you, yeah. you don't have to make a you don't have to go get a pitchfork mob to go attack that person's family and their kids and their everything they've ever created like because you disagree with them that would be great but the thing of it is we have to look at the the nation and our collective experience as as a family and in some ways it's hard to um to accept accept some things from family members. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to accept it's, what I they just, think. People need to realize that everything we do and say has a ripple effect. If you cast a stone into a lake, it's going to make ripples. Absolutely. And and yeah. that happens in life. So if you leave your house today and you interact with a stranger and you do something horrible to that person or say something horrible, you can set off a chain of emotions yes. that can that can yes. affect that person for the rest of their life yeah. and then even their kids. Well, and then you're creating more negativity in the world. Like... Sometimes it's good to just, you know, okay, I was, I was, walk away. I was talking to somebody the one day, and again, not to, like, throw into, like, any, like, um, specificity of, of, of opinion or thought process. And I just said, uh, so if, let's say you have an issue with somebody, and there was a country they could go and live in where the way they feel and the way they, what they believe is the way the whole country goes. Are you going to be, like, are, are you going to be, like, actively um, angry at them and want to kill them and go there and change their mind? It's like you'll accept it where they are. Mm-hmm. Why can't you accept it with your neighbors here? Absolutely. Why? Why can't you have that same? People love the idea that we have freedom, but don't. But they don't like when that freedom makes them uncomfortable. Yeah, right. And that's 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 a problem. Freedom yeah. doesn't stop when you're when you're uncomfortable with it. And the sad fact of it is, uh, from some of these documentaries and podcasts that I've been listening to, and uh, that audiobook in particular about influence, um, the thing of it is. 
people need to have some sense of control over things. Mm -hmm. And when they don't, they freak out. Yeah. And if it's, if it's something at a fundamental level that they don't agree with, um, they really freak out. Sorry, my group chat's going crazy here. Uh, One last question. Uh, After our submissions get approved, how long do they, uh, how long does the process normally take to see in an issue? If it's a special edition, it's, it's tied to the deadline on that special edition. So for instance, right now there are some, like the Halloween editions, uh, the submissions are open through almost nearly the end of October. Some people have been submitting since February. Okay, so we're talking a, what, eight-month gestation period. Yeah. If it's a regular edition of Retro Lovely, if it's a regular edition of Venus Cult, if it's a regular edition of Scrapbook, um, regular editions of Retro Lovely and Scrapbook are, they're happening multiple times a month. So for those particular um, editions, if all the releases come in, it's 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 no more than like two weeks. Yeah. You know, uh, Venus Cult has been at least monthly. The Taboo editions have been at least monthly. Um, there was a point with Retro Lovely itself before COVID that I was putting on a new one every week. Mm. There was there was an instance one day. It was amazing. A submission came in overnight. I was finishing up an issue. I had space. The releases came in. They were published that afternoon. They submitted the night before. They were published by the next day. Um, I actually think uh, an issue that I just put out uh, yesterday was a very similar situation. Or one came in and it just fit the the, it was, the mold of the, the and book. And there was space available, yeah. yeah. And because I don't limit to how many I'll publish, like, you know, I don't do it just monthly. So if I've got enough content, they roll. Yeah. You know. Well, one of the cool things, too, that I want to just get out of here and then we'll, we'll wrap up here is the one thing you were showing me, the business cards and, mm-hmm. and T-shirts and, and you, you make – merchandise uh, specific to the partners or the people, the girls that are in the magazine. Personalized, yeah. Personalized stuff. So a girl can go on and kind of not so much get like a business seminar, but like, hey, this is a great way to promote yourself, link tree and this and that. And then here's a business card with you on the cover of our book. There's there's a lot of things that um, can help guide them if they're so inclined. Like a good, for instance, is say the calendars. Um, Actually, yeah, I forgot. This is a cool one too. It's actually a good thing. Yeah. So I gave Tony one of these guys right here. And I'm really impressed with the quality. It's cardstock. The whole thing is cardstock. I like it because it's it's the size of a magazine. I hate those giant calendars. Right. And you hang them on your wall and it takes you know up all the space. Like this one, when you open it, it still looks plenty big. Mm-hmm. It's a psychological thing that's amazing. Yeah. It's got this nice spiral binding. It lays flat. Fortunately, you can't open it. Because there's, there's nudes <laughs> there's, in there. Yeah, this is a taboo edition. But the thing of it is, of all the magazines that you're going to encounter, okay, say you're a content creator, you get published. It's out there. And that's about it. You know, your opportunities are, are yeah, that, that, that comp- that's the extent of that it. That company's not, they're going to produce what they, they're going to promote what they made and they're not going to produce you as an individual. Right. So the thing of it is, um, just a few months ago, maybe maybe a month ago, um, this I, I love this idea because I'm always looking for a way to, to help help people have opportunities. Like in the early days, I had some models with the, with the original editions of the, of the magazine. I mean, the wholesale on those was cheap because we were printing thousands. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, the, the cover price was only $10 for crying out loud. Then it went to 15. I, th- I thought that was a lot of money. I wish, I wish I could sell a magazine for 15, $15 now. And they were yeah. 120 pages and better quality. Yeah. They and, were thick. Like yeah. They, yeah. And, and part of it was at that point in time, if you were a content creator and you had to work in it, you got a free copy postage paid. Okay, it came to you in the mail, the model and the photographer. They were also available to you at wholesale. They were also available on consignment, meaning, uh, like I had, a, I had a gal up in uh, uh, New York State, and she was in an issue, and she saw that we offered them at wholesale, 
and she had family and friends that were like, Hey, can I get a copy? And she's, you know, she sent me an email and she's like, can I, can I get, can I get some at wholesale? I'm like, absolutely. Like, how many do you want? And she's like, well, what's the price? And we talked about it. And she ultimately ended up taking a carton and I sent them to her. And within like two days, she emails me back and she says, they're gone. I need more. Nice. And she made a couple hundred dollars, right? She, she bought like a, a couple more cartons. And then, you know, she's like doing a car show at some point or whatever. And this happened with a couple models. And they said, oh, I'm, I'm going to this event. And there's a, there's, I sound better when I'm closer. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's the like yeah, it's yeah. like, holy shit. It's sexy. That's all right. So there was a couple models that took advantage of this. And the consignment aspect was even, even better because like one, one contacted me, she's doing like this big event in California and I was looking at it online. I'm like, that's a pretty big event. And she had like a, a booth and everything. Yeah, if you have your magazine spread out that people could buy you in a magazine, that's great. Right. And she's signing them. Yeah. So she says, I want to buy like, she said, I have like $300 or $200. And I'm like, well, that will, that will get you this many. And I said to her, I'll bet you money that that's not going to be enough though. And I said, here's what I'll do. I'll send you on consignment three times as many sell what you can the wholesale will be the same later when the dust settles and you know how many are left over you can you can tell me how many is sold and then you'll pay me the wholesale you keep all the profit and the other ones that are left either we can get them shipped back to me or if you want to keep them for whatever amount and then when you sell them again just sell, you sell them again you have them right so what was amazing was um i remember the day of the event i had shipped her like three cartons and the day of the event it was like three o'clock at my here. So she's in California. So it's like 12. Yeah. 12, 9, 10, 11, 12. And uh, I got a message from her. I got a, I got a text. She's like, they're all gone. <laughs> and I was like, son of a bitch. But that's, that was part of the philosophy back then. I would make them available on consignment because the two worst things that can happen is you can overestimate and have too many. And they're sitting around like the thousands that are in my basement right now. Mm -hmm. or underestimate and not have enough to meet what the market wants. Yeah. So in those early days when we were printing a lot of them and had that kind of like ability, and this is days before smartphones and people still bought magazines, there was a lot of models and photographers that made money with it, okay? And it was part of the deal. Part of my thing was that it wasn't going to be just, I mean, the original uh, version of Retro Living, I never made money on it. In fact, it cost me money. Yeah. Like when things died, I took money out of a 401k to keep it going. I propped it up. So, you know, I, I'm in hiatus for a couple of years and most recently I resume and I'm using print on demand services. So there's really no wholesale. I mean, yeah. it doesn't exist. These things are like few and far between. But the thing that occurred to me a couple months ago was I know the holidays were coming up from scrapbook. I had seen this format with this really nice materials and it wasn't just stapled in that, you know, the, the, the thin paper. And I basically made a proposition to models that had been on covers said, Hey, you know, you cover my time to do the layout, 25 bucks. I'll produce a calendar for you with you on the cover, you on your birth month, and we'll put, we'll highlight when your birthday is so that your fans can buy you things or send you money. And we'll list like all your websites and all the different things on how they can contact you. So it's something that you can sell and then you can get them at near cost. Mm -hmm. I want you to sell them. I want you to sell them. I want you to autograph them. I want you to offer them for 25, 30 bucks. My intent is if you sell 10, it'll put a couple hundred dollars in your pocket. I won't sell them. I'll tell my audience about them. I'll tell yeah, everybody. Retro, retro lovelies out there. Now. It's, it's, it's on the, every time I have a new model that does it, I put them on there and it says clearly, here's a new cover model catalog. 
or a calendar, get one. You can't get it from us. You have to get it from her. Um, a couple of the gals that already did it, um, they bought like, you know, they bought some already to sell and a few of them have sold out. So it's working for some of them because nice. they've got fans that are supporting. Them. I gotta, but it's I an opportunity. It. Yeah. It's an opportunity. That's that's fantastic. I love it. And then someone said, uh, uh, Misty Roberts says, hey, hey, now I'm the woman on the Bama one. So she said, I'm, hey, now, hey, now, woman, I'm the Bama one. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I'm not sure. I'm sorry, Misty. Um, yeah, it's not against that to me either. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, like I said, you hooked me up with some great stuff. I got some stickers. I appreciate it. Um, I got pins of my favorite model. I got some beer to try that I never had before. Yeah. Awesome. I got uh, – she's, she's fantastic. Super nice girl too. Uh, she, you know what? She is such a positive person when it comes to the models that she works with and everything. It's, it's yeah, she's, she's Her photography is really good too. That too. Yeah. It's, that's the double whammy, right? Yeah. Her, her, her work is so good she should be like an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And her – like I said, personality is unbelievable. Like when I met her at the ball, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. And then this is the funniest thing ever. I want to get I want to get more of these. It says, I was on interviews with everyday people and all I got was this lousy button. I love <laughs> is the funniest thing You're ever welcome. You're welcome. um michelle um michael is an amazing human thanks for sharing this well thank you guys for hanging out literally uh i mean almost a two-hour podcast and again we had, we had the consistent yeah <laughs> consistent viewers the entire time awesome um please word of mouth is huge uh if go support michael if you'd like you can support the podcast as well follow us on all social media we do have merchandise grab a t-shirt i'm do, making do noise do that tony's doing good stuff here i'm trying yeah i'm trying absolutely uh I, I, I guess I'm a fan of what you do. Uh, I'm a fan as well. I'm we a fan met, of you. We met the, uh, through the podcast, through mutual friends, yeah. Yeah. and then became yep. friends after the cameras and all turned off and yeah. supporting each other. Right. So um, I, th- that's what this is for me has been amazing is just making these connections and making these friends. And, and hopefully everyone who, who submitted photos and possibly future partners, um, we uh, and, and when everything gets back to normal, I look forward to meeting you guys all in our area. At, at the retro events, lovely yeah. ball, yeah. I, I, I want more of that stuff to go on. We were kind of bummed out that we couldn't do it this year. Yeah, so that he does this event as well. So if you're brand new and you're you're submitting your stuff, he he throws. It's called the retro lovely ball, and we throw it in downtown Pottsville, Pennsylvania. We had people from how many different states last year? We had uh, let's see, South Carolina represented, North Carolina represented, yeah. uh, Connecticut, New York, Tennessee, Tennessee, California. There was California and there was yeah. also Texas. Yeah. yeah. And it's a giant ball. Uh, he had a brewery there that I made a connection that I actually got to hang out with. Those guys, mine, yeah. Liquid Noise. They make great beer. I drank a lot of lagers that night. Um, met a lot of the models. It was cool because every girl who was on the cover or was in the magazine um, had, had the like autograph a, book. The autograph that? book. Yeah, that was great. Um, Everybody loved that. Yeah. it was. So, yeah. Then there was dancing and, the, yeah. dancing and burlesque shows. It was a blast. Yes, it was. So, I mean, like, I really would tell you guys like if you're if you want to be a photographer if you want to be a model reach out submit your stuff talk talk to you reach out to him and and get involved because once you enter the fold of the retro lovely family it's you it's exactly what it is the family you, Some good stuff in there. Yeah. You, you make great connections you make great people and it's it's fun it's fun and i i you know you're I'm very like-minded in our, our philosophies where Absolutely. we have our brand, we we create our brand, but our brand is to bring other people together outside of it as it's well. It's not self-serving. No. Which is important. Yeah. You know, you do a lot of stuff that's not just about you glorifying you, which I love. Yeah. yeah. And that, and I, 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 a lot of people have met through because of the connections you know, of the show. That's the thing. Since we don't self-promote, we can, we can give accolades to each other. Yeah. Tony, you're awesome. Thank you. You're amazing as well. 
<laughs> I love you, brother. All right, man. Thank you guys so much. That'll do it for uh, uh, interviews with everyday people. Thank like you I all said, for cha- joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for hanging out and chatting. Remember, the share, like, subscribes help us out tremendously. You guys have all been amazing. We'll see you guys next time with interviews with everyday people. We're Take out. Care.